Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to listen to the incomparable Win Twice Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Scott and Holly. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be entertained. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Win Twice Wrestling Podcast, episode number three. I'm your host Scott alongside co-host Holly. Hello. With beers in hand, ready yes. to fully dissect and jump into another wonderful show. Well, a show, we'll decide if it's wonderful yeah. throughout the course of it. But for this episode, it was my selection. I've mm-hmm. picked Survivor Series 2001. Yep. So, a little bit of the information as to why I picked this show. Okay. Again, like with uh, some of the others that we've discussed, I had several VHS cassettes, which were big in the 90s. How retro of you. I know, exactly. It was the going thing at the time, before DVDs, and mm. that, even that's a dying empire yeah, these days. But yeah, it was one of the VHSs that I had and replayed the crap out of. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly where I got the VHS from. It wasn't Probably. a uh, WH Smith's bargain it, bucket dive. It wasn't a bargain bucket dive, but I can't rule out the fact it, it might have been. Could have been, been Smith. Could have been HMV, we don't know. Like Ooh, I said, other shops are available. Retro. But it was one that I used to always go back to. Um, not Mainly because I, I didn't have like an extensive collection at the time, if I'm being honest. But there was something about the traditional Survivor Series match of it being five guys against five guys and it felt like there were high stakes involved where mm-hmm. at any time you could be against the odds it could be five on three five on four five on two yep. whatever so it already felt like it was an important match type and going into this obviously it being 2001 still just at the tail end of the attitude era mm-hmm. i would say so it still had a little bit of edge about it don't get me wrong i was very young at the time of this so i'd have been 12 mm-hmm. just about no so i, don't... I would have been 13 <laughs> 13 14 um yeah. all right let's leave it at 13 okay we'll leave it at 13 but i'd like Jeez. to tell the truth depending on what time of the year it was but no you would have been <laughs> just one year older at the time um and for me so i don't think i saw this at the time i probably mm-hmm. saw it a few years after the fact yeah because my exposure to wrestling in general was through VHS is all what I could record on TV. So I didn't have Sky for a lot of my time yes. growing up. This would have been one of mine. Neighbour films it, passes the tape over the back fence. Exactly, like yep. cheeky backhanded drug deals. I get that. Yep. But for me, it was a case of whenever I'd go out, so shopping with a family, you'd go through and you look through the usual shops like Virgin, Megastores, HMV, God. those kind of things. Throwing and I'd go, back, yeah. I'd go straight to the very limited sports section because that's where the wrestling... Uh, VHSs were stored and I'd see whatever was there if I'd saved up enough pocket money oh, I'd, I'd get myself something sweet. to be honest you had to kind of keep yourself entertained yeah. as a kid, only child I mean you, to be fair for a while I you were an only child fair, yeah eight years I was an only child exactly and like yeah. you kind of so a lot of that time for me and you it would have been the same a nice peaceful time a nice peaceful time before you <laughs> yeah, had any I love siblings. my sister, but it was a nice sister. That's fine. peaceful but she time. She's, sorry, she doesn't she's know you're doing this. To this no. I was going to say, she, and no. even if she did know that we were doing this, there's no way she'd listen. No. No, which is fair enough, you know, each to their own. So even, we're getting the support from family even on, on this venture. <laughs> but yeah, and it was, like I said, it was for me, it felt like such a vital match. So I mentioned previously mm-hmm. that my favourite wrestling match is a Royal Rumble. Yes. Always loved it. And whenever I was booking my own territory with oh, my yeah. Hasbro figures, mm-hmm. Raw Rumbles would be the key thing. I'd usually kind of give up hope halfway through trying to do singles matches. And I'd okay. go, oh, I feel like now's a good time for a Raw Rumble. So stop oh, mid match, get out of the ring. Fair play. And we're bringing the next thing. Mm-hmm. I even had, so this is an interesting story, which I don't know if you know about. Oh, okay. But when I would have been, so 
age-wise, I would have definitely been under seven because I was living in a different part of Surrey yeah. and I nearly uh, gave away where that is, not that it particularly matters. But um, I remember having a birthday party and uh, it was at the time where it's not really through school friends, it's family friends who have got kids of a similar age okay. and that's the thing. So at the time, a lot of my mum's friends all had daughters. Mm. So it okay. was... <laughs> so, so nothing sordid coming out of this, no, no. don't worry. <laughs> Um, so they all came around and, you know, you do like the after party goodie bags. Oh, yes. Okay. And one of the things in there was a little doll. Mm. There's long hair. Oh, because they dressed. were girls. Because they were all girls. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the guy's one was like a monster truck or something like that. Standard. And I had one. And the only other guy who was like my mum's friend's kid who was supposed to come in was ill that day. So we couldn't come. Yeah. A likely story. But when the <laughs> goodie bags were given hair. out. <laughs> yeah. He was washing his hair. His mum was washing his hair. Prick. Um, I don't even remember who it is to be honest <laughs> but yeah I felt left out oh okay because everyone got a doll that's sad and I didn't get a doll you wanted a doll and I cried because I wanted a doll oh so oh no there was did a spare. you there was a spare okay I can see where this is going so I had this uh, brunette haired doll who went right in the same like little kind of yellow not Tupperware but yeah like box, box storage yeah. box full of these figures which I've still got somewhere at my parents house i said parents my mum's house um so i have to get them sometimes see if i can make room anyway that's really segueing now but i use this um female as either a manager or a ring announcer so she would be the one who stands in the ring and introduce i was ahead of the time she'd be the lillian lillian garcia before lillian garcia was the thing because i was doing this at the age of like six so it's still very much in the howard finkel era at that point okay but yeah and um basically like i said i'd always revert to a royal rumble match however the other match that i'd fall back on was a traditional Survivor Series five-on-five match. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the tapes that I managed to record, so when I lived in the other part of Surrey, mm-hmm. we did have Sky there. Um, it was when we moved house that we didn't have it because it was a bigger place, mm-hmm. so other expenses make sense. But for me, and it sounds really sad and pathetic, but I felt like I'd lost a friend. Because I used to rely on watching wrestling yeah. to keep me entertained. Yeah, so for about kid, yeah. For about eight years... You so it went from a period of, I, yeah, so I just was reliant on anything yes. that came on standard TV, terrestrial TV in the UK, yep. um, which leads me on to some of the stuff that I recorded. So I had a few VHSs, this Survivor Series 2001 was one of them, mm-hmm. Royal Rumble 2000 was another, mm-hmm. but weirdly I remember having the official VHS copy of it, but I also remember recording it when it was live on Channel 4 okay. with the adverts and that used to get played back relentlessly yeah. so that's one of my go-to okay. shows as well and yeah like i said um i remember learning about the invasion side of things so i assume and i'm gonna ask you in a second oh, that all this stuff is fairly new to you i don't imagine you'd seen anything of this show what did you know of this show this um, i don't know i feel like some of it was mildly familiar okay i knew i knew about the whole point of it okay. it was a case of what was that state uh yeah and when I rewatched it, I literally rolled my eyes so hard I thought I was going to go blind. <laughs> um, but I didn't. Rem- I didn't remember any of the actual matches itself, okay. which was great. Um, but I did get confused over what the whole point was. Like I know, obviously, it was WWF's going to go out of business. Mm-hmm. But I was like, why? And then I got overly confused because I was like, hang on, we've already watched a 2006 match, which was an ECW show. Okay. And I was like, I'm so confused because this is 2001 
we've already watched one in 2006 when ECW was clearly still a thing. Yeah. I got so confused and I was like, don't overthink it. Yeah, because I just, I didn't Google it and I just, that was going to be my first question. Did you Google it to find out anything? So effectively what happened, um, this stems from the early to mid 90s, is that WCW was the main competitor Mm -hmm. for Vince McMahon and WWF. Um, t- financed by Ted Turner, who owns the I think it's TNN Broadcasting oh, okay. or something. So he's a big mm-hmm. multimedia mogul in the States. He created direct competition to Vince McMahon. He basically bought out what was Jim Crockett Promotions, which was formerly the NWA. So you might have heard of the NWA yeah. title. They had a link at one point with TNA in the early 2000s. But from the early to mid-90s, WCW really came to the forefront to be a legitimate competitor with WWF mm-hmm. and then actually overtake it oh, okay. in terms of ratings for a while. <clears throat> so I know you know who Eric Bischoff is. Yes, I do. So Eric Bischoff was at the helm of this decision making when WCW started to overtake the WWF. Oh, okay. So this stemmed from about, I'd say, effectively what how it started in terms of them being able to compete. Mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff basically said, we didn't have the same kind of platform that WWF did. They had live TV. Well, they had TV, at yeah. least, every week for Raw is War, which started in 93. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was talking to Ted Turner. Ted mm-hmm. Turner said, how do you think we can compete better with them? Yeah. He said, give me live TV. Mm. So this is how WCW Nitro came to be, I think, which is the direct competitor of, yeah. of Raw. So started off quite well. But then, as it went on, so some of the contracts of the WWF guys started to lapse. Okay. So, in WWF, have you heard of the clique or the click? Mm, no. So, that's a group that's Shawn Michaels, yes. Triple H, yep. Razor Ramon, yeah. Diesel, yep. X-Pac. All really good friends behind Diesel, the scenes. Is that Kevin Nash? That's Kevin Nash. Okay. And Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Who died yes, I know. Ago. Yeah, okay. So, I know all of those guys are like close-knit and they're called the click because okay. backstage they had well they were in a little group basically mm-hmm. and they were looking out for themselves looking out for their own best interests mm-hmm. at the expense of other people in the right. locker created created a lot of resentment well anyway so a couple of their contracts came up them mm-hmm. being scott hall razor ramon at the time yes. and kevin nash so mm-hmm. wcw were trying to make waves they were able to spend a little bit of money and at the time oh. guaranteed contracts for wrestlers right. weren't a thing okay so it's basically a, you get what you're paid, effectively based on show attendance, your importance on the card, special right. events. Okay. Whereas they this introduced effectively a guaranteed downside to their contract. So even if they're injured, they get a minimum of X amount. Yeah. So you can still get more on that based on merchandise and yeah. pay-per-view sale, this kind of stuff. So Scott Hall's contract came up in 95, I want to say it was. Mm-hmm. He negotiated with WCW. I don't think he was even necessarily looked, looking to leave WWF because he's in a fairly good position. Yeah. He went to WCW because of the money they're offering him. Right. He spoke to Kevin Nash, Diesel, whose contract was coming up. Kevin Nash went, okay, well, let's let's listen to this offer as well. It's a reduced schedule okay. for more money. Nice. Makes sense. Why Seems wouldn't you do it? I'd do that. Yeah. Even though the platform wasn't quite as big, it was still relatively comparable, but not to the same scale yeah. as the WWF. He then went to WCW as well. So they came okay. in WCW as the outsiders, but they were portrayed mm. as guys that were invading from WWF. Okay. So some of their promos would be Scott Hall saying, he'd be still doing the Razor Ramon accent, going, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. So they're acting like it was a right, legitimate invasion. They couldn't use the names, obviously, Razor Ramon yes. and Diesel, to the point where when things were being suggested, 
I think WWF put a lawsuit in against them, said like this is our... Like trademarked it. Like, ex- exactly. Yeah. So I know that there was a lot of litigious stuff going on in that respect. That's a big word. Thank you. Um, I was about to say I had my Weetabix this morning. I didn't, <laughs> nor do I really have Weetabix. But effectively this helped put WCW at a new level. Right. And seen as legitimate competition. And when they started competing with time slots, with mm-hmm. so WWF were on, I can't remember, apologies for the network they were on, and then WCW was the direct comparison. So you had the choice of watching... Oh, like thing. the same time type thing. And this is when people watching wrestling, apart from in some of Hulk Hogan's era in the yeah. 80s where like a Saturday night's main event would get ridiculous numbers of viewers. Right. This was the peak for TV viewing mm-hmm. for wrestling. And it was when they were both at their peak. And there was an 83 approximate week period where yeah. WCW beat WWF in the ratings. Oh, wow. So more people were watching them. There were shady tactics going on. Oh, so, for okay. example, WCW, because they were live every week, yeah. if they got wind of... Because WWF used to record theirs in batches. So they'd do like two... I think it's, they tended to do two weeks in one go. So it would be live, recorded, live, Oh, I recorded. see, yeah, yeah. And WCW would start to give away some of the results. Oh, okay. And said, so I'll say, oh, you don't want to watch the other channel because this happens. Oh. Which was poor technique. Yeah. I mean, McMahon says, where's the, you know, the honour in that? yeah. But Vince McMahon was one of the dirtiest yes. backstabbing bastards to get what he wanted and take over the wrestling empire. But well, that's a story for another time. And there was one episode of Nitro where on commentary they said, oh, Mick Foley wins the WWF title. Who the hell wants to see that? Well, that will put butts in seats. Loads of people stopped watching WCW and went to watch the title oh. change on WWF. And then it also linked with the rise of Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold helped turn the title. Obviously, they had The Rock and other yeah, big yeah, players were kind of coming too, but Stone Cold was the That was the, his the time, wasn't pin. it, really? Um. Exactly. So there was a correlation with the rise of Stone Cold mm-hmm. and WWF slowly starting to take back over oh, the okay. ratings war. Then effectively, WCW were overspending on contracts left, right and centre, put themselves in so much financial difficulty mm-hmm. that Ted Turner, who was the financial backer, said, this isn't viable. Right. Someone in his organisation said, we need to get rid of this. Right, okay. it's not Just worth losing it. money. So they put it up for sale, WCW, oh, in 2000. I think it was in 2000 that it was originally up mm-hmm. for sale, but it didn't get sold until the following year, early 2001. Um, again... Apologies, I don't have the dates in front of me, but that's effectively the gist of it. When it was put up for sale, there was a consortium that was led by Eric Bischoff Mm. who wanted to buy it Mm -hmm. and take it on. But through various logistic issues that he had, he wasn't able to pull the trigger. And Vince McMahon came in, and I think it was sold for as little as $1 million. Oh, wow. Which is a lot of money, but relatively speaking... For a company. For a company of that size and the back catalogue of uh, footage that they had... And he bought it. ECW was a different matter. So ECW right. was the third okay. alternative. It was never of the size of WCW no. and WWF, but it had a loyal fan base, as you've seen uh, yeah. from these shows. Paul Heyman, very good talker, not so good at paying people. Okay. They managed to get a TV deal themselves, but the restrictions that were put on them by the broadcaster, they were shoved from left, right and centre, like they were put... Other shows were taking precedent right. over them. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting any advertisement from the network, and Paul like there were instances where Paul Heyman would like do a live promo or have a promo recorded of him saying, "I dare you, throw me off the air, like I'll tie you up in like real things being put on in front of TV." ECW were losing people left, right, and center. Uh, They lost the likes of Taz went to WWF. Mike Awesome, who I don't think you'll be aware of, went to WCW. The Dudleys, when mm-hmm. they lost the Luchadors, so they lost Rey Mysterio, uh, yeah. Into Guerrero Psychosis, went to WCW, and then 
don't get me wrong, they still had people they could work with, but with the checks bouncing, it was just a dark, right. dark okay. time for them. So Vince McMahon also bought them out when it was oh, wow. no okay. longer financially viable. So at the time for me, seeing this stuff, I was very excited when they were talking about an invasion. They had an invasion pay-per-view yeah. where WCW and ECW guys started turning up. Yes. And making it look like there was a legitimate thing there. Okay. In hindsight, you only realise how badly they misjudged it and they mm-hmm. could have done so much more mm-hmm. with it. Because a lot of the WCW contracts, because basically when Vince bought them, the company, he said, right, okay, so I'm not paying you these wages. So you have two choices. You either take a pay cut on what I would offer you and you can come work for us immediately. Yeah. Or you can sit out and wait out your contract oh, on okay. what it was currently at. I don't know the legalities yeah, of yeah. who was paying that. A lot of them chose to went, right, I'll sit out. So oh, the likes okay. of Sting, who didn't want to go to WWF because he yep. was born again Christian, didn't agree with the product for various reasons. Goldberg was on a cushy contract, like, no, I don't see the need to come over. Okay. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash at the time didn't come over. Right. Hulk Hogan didn't come back over because they were all quite happy sitting there getting yeah. their paychecks. So the best well, people... paycheck that, for no work. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking selfishly from a fan's perspective as what well, I would have, yeah, to have seen, especially in hindsight. Mm-hmm. So some of their biggest hitters that they could have had weren't Refused involved in the invasion. Okay. So they had to use the likes of... And Booker T was a big name for WCW. He was competing for... The, I think he was the final World Heavyweight Champion when they closed their doors. Mm-hmm. Um, it was either him or Scott Steiner. I, I forget, but I think it was Booker T. And uh, it was like him, DDP was another oh. big one uh, oh. from there. On the ECW side, you had Rob Van Dam. Yes. So, but the real big, like Ric Flair didn't come back over when WCW were bought out, at least initially, came back later on, yeah. as did all of them. I was going to say, all the people that, that you've mentioned, I remember coming back. But that was like 2002, 2003. Oh, uh, I see one said sat out. Exactly, Damn the remainder nice. of their contracts. I had a cushy little paid break. Nice. So, re- really, what should happen with the invasion is you need to make them look like a credible threat. Yeah. If you don't make them look like a credible threat, yeah. who's going to care? Who's going to believe what happens? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they weren't. Every time they kind of stepped up, they were they lost. Right. It doesn't help, like I said, not having their big names, but still, it's an issue. And effectively, that's why, in hindsight, the invasion and all the alliance against WWF was looked at as a failure because mm. of how many opportunities were missed along the way. Right. But not knowing this as a kid... Yeah, I wouldn't have had an absolute Scooby-Doo. Exactly, you're excited about you're the possibilities. You're just watching it for what it is. So I thought at the time, because oh I didn't know about the... It p- could close. Yeah, yeah. and I was diehard WWF guy. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong, I've seen WCW and ECW stuff okay. subsequently from this. But for me, at I was... At the time. Di- yeah, yeah I, when someone left WWF, I felt like I'd been betrayed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I hope they come back. And yeah. I have that still to a, an extent now. With some people, yeah. With some people, like, don't get me wrong, I, I like the fact that AEW's offering an alternative option to people. Yep, but there's when one I in particular the very Adam recently. Cole, yeah, I just... Exactly. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it either, but at the end of the day, I still want it's them to job, succeed yeah. in WWF. But I don't begrudge them for doing it. No. It makes financial sense. So effectively, like I said, Vince McMahon owned everything. Storyline-wise, the way it was done was at the last episode of Nitro, mm-hmm. there was a, a simulcast, I don't know what you call it, where he's gone live on both oh, Raw yeah, and yeah. Nitro at the same time, going, I own the competition in my hands. And what happened was, so storyline-wise, because yeah. again, I don't know about storyline yeah, at the time, I mean... Shane McMahon comes out of the WCW show yes, and says, oh, sorry to interrupt you, Dad, just thought I'd you know have a McMahon presence at the show. Um, and yeah, McMahon did buy the company. It wasn't Vince. Uh, on the contract, right. it's Shane McMahon. So right. Shane is the co- like storyline okay. owner of WCW. 
I don't exactly remember how they wrangled it so Stephanie McMahon owns ECW yeah. but effectively they both own the competition right okay because that's what I was like I don't understand this storyline I'm not up. going to google it like so that makes sense now because it turned into effectively it's again turned into a family McMahon feud of rather course. than the companies themselves because mm-hmm. only a McMahon can beat a McMahon that, that's how it works yep standard so that's the background behind it. They okay. did stuff like that, but WCW weren't made, or the Alliance weren't made to look credible. So, as you can tell, as we go, we obviously we'll cover, do a match by match yeah. breakdown as we, we're accustomed to doing on this. Absolutely. And I realise now I've been talking for a fair bit without you talking, but I feel like it's an interesting Yeah, I know. It's something piece. that I didn't know, so, so apologies, it helps me. Apologies if anyone's lost a little bit of interest in that, but I feel like it's important to, yes, to it's, bring Holly it's up speed. Yes, it's helpful for me. That's what I'm sure it's you know, helpful for other people out there as well, to a point. It's not the most... Yeah. detailed analysis you'll, ever, or analysis you'll ever see but it's something so well I'll, actually i'll save what i was going to say until we get into the show okay because i think it's good reason to save it for the main event so like i said survivor series 2001 18th of november 2001 the venue was the greensboro coliseum complex in greensboro north carolina yep. attendance was 13,142 and the buy rate was a whopping 450,000 which, if you think about the comparison from ECW, mm-hmm. on stand, that was like three times the amount, yeah. nearly. So it shows the the lay of the land. Obviously, it was more predicated on being yeah. pay-per-view. Uh, well, they didn't have the network, obviously, in 2001. But it just shows the drop-off that's happened since then, even though that isn't their driving factor mm-hmm. behind it. Now, normally I wouldn't say anything about the arena itself. Okay. But there's, a, there's an interesting thing about it being Greensboro, North Carolina. Right. So Greensboro, North Carolina, it's like Ric Flair country. Okay. So WCW and historically Jim Crockett Promotions, the NWA, this was one of their strongholds oh, was it? as okay. an area. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, loved the NWA. It wasn't because the WWF was like a northeastern thing. It was New York. It was Boston. It was all that stuff up there. Mm-hmm. Everything else was kind of NWA led. I guess to be fair, California was more um, WWF as well. So they basically went to the heart of a... The, the competitor, right. obviously it was a okay. WWF audience there, but I thought it was an interesting thing yeah, to take away from enough. it as well, that they used it in like the... Yeah, yeah, I would never, obviously that wouldn't have clicked with me, so... I didn't even... I, was I only, knew where it was, and I got very excited as to where it was, Yeah, but didn't realise that's like, Of course it is. Of course yeah. it as soon is. As, also, as soon as they introduced where it was, I was like, oh, please tell me, yeah. I'm getting a Hardy match. Yeah, well, that was a happy coincidence, <laughs> which we'll get into later. But yeah, I've kind of got, gone over the background for it. I actually had made some points here to, to cover, but I pretty much touched upon all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only initial thing I had before we get into the matches themselves, and yeah. I've mentioned it before, JR and Paul Heyman working together on Oh, uh, yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah, that was very good. No, I, I find it hard to believe if you managed to tune the entire commentary out because they were no, so No, this one, on point. I actually didn't. This one, I made like some comments about it and actually i did enjoy it because paul Heyman winds me up in this era yeah but having him on commentary with jr perfect perfect they work so the well combo together. together and also paul Heyman was so or played the part of being so one-sided yeah whereas jr was Root part impartial team. well and in some of the matches he was very impartial and he's like oh that was a really good move by so and so and like Paul Heyman's like yeah I know because we're going to win and we're the best and he's like yeah I said it was a good move move on yeah, like, it was the very good dynamic yeah. it works normally I don't like the bickering too much because no. it takes away from it but because of what was at stake yes. or what was sold as being it, at stake it, it worked. worked and it's interesting JR being fairly neutral in some instances yeah. 
Because where do you think he worked before WWF got him? I've absolutely no idea. WCW. Oh, okay. He was a. I think at one point he had booking responsibilities even oh, wow. in promotion, but he was definitely on on the commentary team there okay. as well in the early nineties, very early nineties. Yeah. I want to say uh, before one of the many times that Vince saw fit to fire him oh, under God. WWF uh, auspices, mm-hmm. but. It, it was brilliant. It's probably, don't get me wrong, there's other commentators that I've liked. There are some that I think work well together. But this, for me, is like the perfect... It was the perfect combo for a Survivor Series. For that for that, for match, that, era, for that yeah. show, for that specifically, era, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, that was the, f- the first comment I put. But before we go into the first match, I think we have to formally dink the, uh, the beer bottle. Cheers. So apologies if you can hear that. Cheers, I'm going to drink it around the microphone. Mm-hmm. Mm, Lovely. Sounds very nice. And now we can formally move on to the first order mm-hmm. of business in terms of the show itself. Yes, we can. So, to again open up a little window into my life as to how I watch this, I was downstairs and uh, my wife was just further down the sofa and she was, I can't remember what she was doing, I think she was doing some sort of video game, like handheld yeah. thing. But she was peering up occasionally and seeing what was on TV and a, c- a couple of comments came out. And one nice. of them was very early doors in this match. So oh, the, straight, in, straight into the first match. Yeah, yeah let's so go. The opening match itself, we got uh, Christian defending the European title, which was a thing, for those that, that didn't know it. The I European remember, title yeah. was a thing. Uh, against uh, Al Snow. Oh. So, uh, actually, before we go into the content of the match itself, because yeah. we touched upon this a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. The Netflix documentary yes, series. Yes, I'm still watching. Have you gone beyond three episodes as of I yet? I have, yes. Okay, how are you finding it in general? And how do you think like Al Snow maybe specifically is coming across? Um, it's fascinating. I'll be totally honest. It is fascinating. He comes across as someone who just wants to give a good show to everybody. Yeah, like I think he that's knows. A fair he knows what wrestling is. He wants to provide a high standard of wrestling to the people that are watching, with little to no regard of the monetary impact that this may be having. I think that's painfully evident based on the yes. financial backers that they've brought in there. <laughs> yes. uh, one of whom rubs me up the wrong way I'll be honest I, you kind of warm oh, up to him yeah. later in the I show I really like him the guy with the cap yeah I really like him I think and it's more in terms of how he because rightly or wrongly wrestling is a very insular industry mm-hmm. anyone from the outside coming in there are like unspoken rules and things that you're supposed right. to do to you know be respectful and I think they probably overdo it to be fair like WWF or WWE I should say have a thing of when someone's new, they go around and shake everyone's hand in the locker room, stuff like that. Right. Whereas I think going in there saying, hi, everyone, nice to be here. Anything yeah. I could, you know, something like that. But mm-hmm. it's seen as the utmost rudeness if you go in and kind of dictate how things should be done, regardless of if you're financially backing it. Like, the gentleman's name okay. alludes to me. Yeah, I can't remember his name either. But he kind of comes in quite... Very friendly, but... To a point. But he's going to these people, right, I think you should be doing this, that, and the other. Oh, and they're I going, well, who the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah. You're telling us to... Yeah. T- telling grandmother how to suck eggs. But I guess he's been bought in because there's a reason yeah. that they need that for the for the money side yeah. of things. It kind of don't get me wrong. As you go through the series, he's yeah, he softens. I think I've got to the. I mean, I I didn't mind him to start with, but yeah. I can understand why people wouldn't. But I think I've got to the point now where everyone's kind of like, I see why he's here. Have Maybe you, we should actually listen to him now. I haven't got to the episode where issue. he's explained it, but and he's explained to people. People saw him have one. It's not been on camera, right? But people saw him have one. He went around and apologised to them. Yeah, that's, that's when I thought was sweet. very sweet. And it I was very like, sweet. That's so not necessary, but so sweet. And but. that's the first time my opinion started to swing on him a bit. Not like I outright disliked him, but I could yeah. see why the wrestlers didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, to him. it's like anyone comes into a new job, though. 
that from an outsider point of view, you, you immediately think, who are you? Yeah. Like, you do kind of give them the old side eye. Yeah, and I think in wrestling it's only magnified further due to the nature of the business mm. and the people involved. Because Of course, it's a physical job as well, like, you know. It's mentioned several times in, in the series as well that you have to be a specific type of person to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. And they don't fit into many aspects of normal society. No, so you true. think it's a very high-strung environment at the best of times. Yeah. But... For me, Al Snow is, and I like him, because I think a lot of it he's aware that he's coming across like a cantankerous yeah. old bastard, and I think he's just kind of leaning into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, probably. But I do like him, I have to admit, I, do, I, do I do like, like him. him. And I forgot, funnily enough, because obviously, like I said, for someone who's watched this show so many times, I forgot he was even on it. Oh. To be honest, so this was quite a nice little thing, and I thought, oh, yeah. brilliant, we can mention the Netflix yeah, shows we're I, talking about. Yeah, when I saw the match, though, I thought, oh my God, like I'd forgotten, because now I'm so used to seeing him on that TV show. Yeah. I was like, I vaguely remembered what he looked like, but I was like, I didn't remember him wrestling. I yeah. just remembered him holding the head, yeah. and that was it. I don't remember seeing him physically wrestle. So, so this was brilliant. I enjoyed it. So my missus, I, I pointed it out and said, oh, you know that show I was watching on Netflix, The Wrestlers? I said, well, this is the guy that's the, you know, the trainer, oh, yeah. the lead guy. And she went, oh, she went, wouldn't have recognised him based on that. No. And to me, I'm like, no, I see it, but... Obviously, it's you know. I, from yeah, no, who I, un- I understand that you wouldn't see it because he's he looks so different now. But yeah, and that was when I first kind of because she wasn't paying attention until then. Yeah. And then she came out with a comment. So I think we'll go back to the match itself. Yeah, now. of course. And so Christian comes out first. Said his hair's wet. He so looks great. I'm bonus sorry. point. Yes. Bonus point because he came out. Last time we saw him was fluffy, wasn't it? This is a good look for him. Better look. The mesh shirt. I'm here for it. So I know you are. Um, <laughs> now the comment that my missus made. Oh, okay. She went. His right nipple is very erect. Oh. And that's all I could see from that oh. point on. Big old I nip pointing that. right through the uh, the, the meshing. string string vest. Yes, and uh, so that's I'll so be honest. Funny. I was fully prepared to watch the show, and then for the entire time he's talking, I'm just staring <laughs> just at uh, Obi Wan Knipple over that's here. So funny. Um, and I was like, thanks for that. Nice, nice. Lovely lady. Uh, yeah, you've put me right off my uh, track of what I was doing. But yeah, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, I think it also helped, probably from your perspective, that he wasn't standing next to Edge. Yes. Because there wasn't the comparison There wasn't. And I did actually remember when, when the match started, I did went, oh, I did like Christian at one point. Yeah. When they weren't together. Yes. And then I put a question down. Okay. When did they stop the gimmick that they were brothers? Because that Ooh. went on for quite a while. I don't know. Or did it just not actively it... stop? It just kind of, they stopped wrestling together all no, the I think, time? I don't know if they were like split. I'd have to look into it. Yeah. But I don't know if they were split up as a tag team or if yeah. they just decided to go their own ways. Because Edge, might have been Edge. was no, no, Edge wasn't he got, injured Because he got obviously a big, he got a bigger push They saw more as a result, upside yeah. in Edge for sure than mm-hmm. they did Christian. And Christian just, they turned... Moni. I don't remember them having an initial feud immediately no. or if they were just split up, but like I said, I'm sure someone can tell us but we yeah, can yeah, look I'm into sure. that. But just in terms of the brothers thing, I think even after they split up, I think they still, they still claimed that I don't they think were... there's ever a point where they came and said, Oh, by the way, we're not brothers. Yeah. But later on they went, Oh, we're childhood friends and <laughs> yes. they just pe- hoping people believable. don't remember. Because they were, that's true. They were yeah. childhood friends. That's uh, And there's that clip of uh, Edge back from WrestleMania six mm-hmm. when he's in the crowd at the Toronto Dome, full on fluffy mullet. Oh. He's got the crowd with his Hulk Rules t-shirt. And he must have been about, I don't know, 11, 12 or something at the time, maybe a bit older. But uh, yeah, they were friends all the way oh, back okay. then, uh, which is, is quite nice. So when they're obviously back together again in, in AEW. Well, it's not going well so far. Oh, well, yeah. 
Water Brothers so they are, they are fighting. you know, pushing, knocking on 50s doors. So well, yeah, and the rest, expect? I think. But then again, if Ric Flair can still do it... Oh, stop. <laughs> I wish he would, but someone has to stop him, I'm afraid. So, I think there was a, the first line of commentary that really caught my attention was in this match. And they were talking about Al Snow. And they were, they were doing the right thing by playing up the fact that, well, you know, he's not really an in-ring performer these days he's mm-hmm. a trainer so there'll be ring rust and i yes. like the idea of that like it's a fighting yes. condition so you need to be able to go and uh then <laughs> Heyman comes out with a line of well those that can't do teach mm-hmm. and i was taken to school of rock and i thought and those that can't teach teach gym which uh <laughs> amused me i think i said it out loud to no one's benefit other than my no. own and had a chuckle but and then, so after put those that can't do teach, I put Al Snow, ladies and gentlemen. And again, he it's a solid performance, I think, from both guys. Yeah, I, I think it's well positioned it. on the card. I'm yeah, perfect opener for me. Good back and forth. They mm-hmm. were both at the right level to kind of well Al Snow kind of isn't really. going to get higher up the card than that. Mm-hmm. Christian was on the the upswing. Yeah, and I think the match itself was perfectly fine. The, the real thing I have an issue with is that Christian representing the Alliance made no sense. I'll be honest, at this point, even though it was the first match, I had to forget about that because it boggled me. Because we've already established I didn't really understand it. I was like, I just have to take these as individual matches. Fine. Not until it got to the end one. That made more sense. Right. My simple little mind. (laughs) But this, I was just like, I got too confused because then there were people that had titles from another company, but they were still on it. I was just like, you know what? Just take them all as individual matches. So didn't understand. I try to get into the minutiae of it in terms of why people were representing different mm-hmm. things. So Al Snow obviously had ties to WWF. He was a trainer for yep. Tough Enough, etc. Yes. But he had a stint in ECW. That's where the head thing started. Oh, okay. That was an ECW original. Um, so it would have made more sense for him to be the last. I guess they probably couldn't because he was training the WWF. Yeah. But Christian, as far as I'm aware... Never did anything in either WCW or right. ECW, even in like dark matches. I don't think he had any involvement in there. So I don't recall exactly what made him transition to the Alliance, but I remember just thinking, that's dumb. Right. I feel like you should actually be... And there's other things they could have done, not right. necessarily with Christian, but with other people that would have made sense to move them mm-hmm. to one side or the other. And that's a theme that I'll mention okay. later through the night, to be honest. Or later through the night, later through this <laughs> review. I'm talking about it like it's a live <laughs> recording and it's going live in the evening. So I said, yeah, good exchanges between the two. Yep. There wasn't any moments where I was bored. No, I, I wasn't bored. There was a couple where I was like, oh, enjoyed that. Like there was one where, oh, I don't know what any of these moves are called. <laughs> Al Snow does um, slides between Christian's legs, yep. has hold of his hand yep. still, yep. and then it does something. Maybe it, and Yeah, and I was like, that's new. Yeah, Obviously it's not because it's 2001. It's crazy. But I'd never seen it before. Yeah, And I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. And to give as much as in the last show for No Mercy we were slating on the crowd, mm-hmm. this crowd loved everything. Yep. And You couldn't it, have done anything that they didn't enjoy. Exactly. And Which I, think I, I put it here, I said it. for a relatively nothing match, I said the crowd are really into it. Yeah. And it's just kicking off the show. It shows what we're missing now because I don't think they'll ever be able to get it back just because it, it hit differently mm-hmm. back in the Attitude Era than what it does now. It's a different audience, a, sure. a different mindset. Yeah. But it's a shame to think... I mean, we still get the occasional crowds, like especially for AEW, they're more vocal and yeah. consistently vocal. But it just made me feel nostalgic Yes. for, for what's been lost. Yeah. I put a snowplow, which is Al Snow's yeah. finisher. So you remember that? It's kind yeah. of like a side brain buster suplex type manoeuvre. Uh, comes close, but Christian gets his foot on the rope. Nice little touch. Yeah, I had that. 
Um, and then the Unpretty on Al Snow and Christian retains the European title. That's what it's called. I couldn't remember, and I just put the Christian move that looks like a bit like a reverse crucifix. Don't know what it's called, but it finished it. The reverse crucifix. I'm okay with that because that works because his name's Christian. <laughs> yeah, okay. So touching the religion. The reverse crucifix. Um, was Teddy Long the ref? Teddy Long was the ref. I was so con- I literally didn't notice till the end. So I was like, what? <laughs> interesting story about Theodore L. Long. I don't know. I think it's L. Long. I've made that up. Hmm. But back he was at WCW okay. uh, back in the day. Back I think NWA actually might have preceded that. He was a referee originally, I believe. And then for some reason they decided in WCW to turn him into a manager. Yeah. And he okay. managed he was primarily a tag team. Yeah, I remember manager. him being on telly a lot and being But this was annoying. I'm talking like the WCW days. Yeah, I have no clue of that. But then WWF effectively did the same thing. Mm-hmm. They had him as a manager and then they turned him oh sorry, had him as a referee, then they turned him into a manager. Right. So yeah, back in uh, early WCW days he was managing uh, tag teams. I wanna say he managed Sid Vicious and Dave Spivey. Um, you don't know either Blank of them. look big, on my face. Big dudes, basically. Okay. He, he liked meaty boys as his tag teams. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's weird to see yeah. no, that he did that to then come back to being a right, referee. Right, I see, okay. It's odd. There's a few people that have done that. Because I only know him from like effectively the future. Oh, player. Yeah, and I was like, I is that. that him? Like, so, yeah. But there's a couple of, there's a few referees that have done this over the years. WWF had a couple. So one of their referees, uh, Bill Alfonso, that name means nothing to you. Nope. He was RVD's manager in ECW okay. and had one of the bloodiest matches in ECW history hmm. with someone who you do know, Beulah McGillicuddy. Yeah, exactly. That look up. So oh, I can't. Sorry, obviously, you didn't I, see Holly's yeah, face. She didn't articulate. Furrowed what her face my did. brow. Furrowed her brow. Looks at me like I was speaking Latin. Yeah. But they had one of the bloodiest matches oh. in ECW history. So he was referee. I think he refereed in ECW as well before he went into the managers thing. And there was uh, Dangerous Danny Davis, who was, and I'm talking like late 80s, early 90s, WWF, who was a manager who then became a really crap wrestler, mm. but had ties to the Hart Foundation at the time. Okay. So it, it does happen, but it's very rare. And then to see them go back to the referee role afterwards seems yeah. odd to me, because they've got then too much character, because yeah. it's key for a referee to That's be true. vanilla. Yes. In terms of you don't want them to stand out too much, because then they're no. detracting from what you're watching. Yep. But yes, good spot on, on the Teddy Long front. Eagle-eyed, I was. Were there any other takeaways you had on that match in particular? Um, that was it, actually, I'll be honest. But was, to be fair, I it was a nice little it. opener. Yeah. It kind of was a nice intro for me. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this won't be were you, painful. I was going to say, were you expecting it to be a painful show, even given yeah, the Yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Not so much as I will be when you give me like a super old show to watch. When we go back to the 80s, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just think, because I just don't remember... And I'm like, oh, am I still going to be as entertained? And I really struggle watching things that look old. And thankfully, obviously, I guess they've remastered a lot of footage, maybe. So it looks a bit better. I don't know, But did watch it for a letterbox. See, I didn't have that. Well, your TV's massive. Mine's only little. Yeah, but But still. But it was like a square, rather than it being the rectangle and it taking up the whole screen. Yeah. Like, it was like a sideways letterbox. The sides were cut off, and I was like... Oh, okay. Mm, I think that's okay. just to be fair. That was more the recording way. So oh, yeah, maybe yeah. that was for me, and I just didn't notice. Yeah, it just it's, it was fine because it was clear enough. Do you know what I mean? It's but, just I was like, oh no, if we go older than this, well, better than the highlight video. We I just watched up to remind ourselves watching of the it through the bottom of a wine glass. You know what I mean? <laughs> With a Freddo in hand. Absolutely. 
But I think the interesting thing is, and that will be a hurdle for you to navigate, but I think yes. you can, I believe you can do it. Because once you get drawn into something, yeah. assuming you allow yourself to get drawn yeah, into it, that'll be the case. you won't notice it. And then in hindsight, you go, oh yeah, I didn't really think about that. And then it will be a less of an ongoing yeah. issue. I'm hoping that's the case. Oh, I'm anyway. sure it'll be fine. But either way, it's not going to stop me from venturing Absolutely. down that avenue. Okay, so following the uh, Christian defence, we go to the Alliance locker room. Oh, honestly, these segments yeah. snore. Okay, so my, my interest... <laughs> I say my interesting point. An interesting point. So we see Stone Cold coming into the locker room with his then wife, Deborah. Deborah. I remember her. And that, I'm pretty sure, is where JR, uh, sorry, not JR, King started the puppies comment oh. from. I believe it's to do with Deborah. See, I remember playing as her on the PlayStation game. Why? Because she was an option. Her? Why, though? It didn't really matter. You could play as anyone. They were all the same back then. Well, yeah, true, but I just, okay, fair enough. Um, obviously, there's stories of how that relationship ended. It was less than acrimonious. I think right. there was domestic abuse involved okay. to a point i don't even think that's alleged i think that is right um that's confirmed so when i see them together now i'm like oh that's a bit right bit okay uncomfortable. But, it a little bit. but to be fair deborah rarely spoke when no, she was involved she was on just there TV. She, she was just there yep. with her assets uh, for the world to see um so stone cold as a heel back in the day used to be very dead kind of straight laced i guess yeah. In his, when he came in as the ringmaster in WWE, which was a horrible gimmick, but that was genuinely yeah. the name they brought him in on. Um, very vanilla, didn't really say anything until he started going down the Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin. Before I go too far down that, just an interesting fact of the day. As it oh, were. okay. Do you know some of the names that they were suggesting instead of Stone Cold Steve Austin? Absolutely not, no. I don't remember all of them, but I remember one of them was, and I'm not joking, Chili McFreeze. <laughs> Okay. So what the fuck? exactly. Imagine if that was Chili McFreeze. That's yeah. like saying you get at McDonald's. Yeah, either that's a massive wind up, but I've definitely heard that was that's floated a spicy around. milkshake. Guys. Exactly. So I think it was actually Deborah at mm. the time who was watching a documentary about a serial killer Jeez. and this guy who had like a stone cold dead look in his eyes. Oh, okay. And it snowballed from there i think this was when okay. he was already looking for a gimmick change and he latched onto yeah. that and he brought it forward and that's when they came out with all these ridiculous oh names Jesus. so yeah we see him go backstage and this is it gets to show mm-hmm. a little bit of his comedy in it as well mm-hmm. it wasn't completely straight laced no. so they're basically they're suggesting that there's a lot of dissent in the group yeah can they trust austin and the, the reason for that is because vincent man suggested he's got an inside man on the alliance yeah. and you think so called steve austin mm-hmm. but that isn't to say that Unlike Christian, Stone Cold had worked in both WCW and worked right. in ECW. So, funny enough, if he was to pick a brand to represent, 100% he picked WWF. Mm-hmm. Because he said, well, he certainly wouldn't pick WCW. Because right. when he was in WCW, he was originally primarily a tag team worker with Brian Pillman, okay. who he eventually would feud with in the WWF, as the Hollywood Blondes. Because Steve used to have long blonde hair. Oh, you've shown me photos. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stunning Steve Austin. Oh, Jesus. Was the name. Okay. Still had the same voice, but that was... And to be fair, Brian Pillman had a bit of a yeah. aggy voice on him as well. He then went to a singles competitor, had a bit of a run at the mid-card level. So he, I think he was the United States champion okay. at one point. Um, got injured and was effectively fired via facts i think or something like that oh, by eric bischoff so he was facts not a bischoff wow. fan left there when he was kind of pissed because he was still injured at the time mm. paul Heyman, who had worked in wcw picked up the phone and said 
oh Steve uh, how are you doing how's it going he went oh god damn you I'm a nerd and went mm-hmm. down there he said how do you feel about coming in and doing a few promos and just venting your frustrations oh okay about WCW Oh, I was hell of an idea, kid, and then came into ECW. And did, I'm not doing the voice justice, but <laughs> not fully committing to it, just in case I really land on my face. Yep. But went to ECW, did some promos about taking the piss out of Eric Bischoff. Okay. So at that point, he shaved his head. He went into ECW oh, starting off I with long see. hair, and he started to develop this edgier character yep. in the ECW arena. He had a match for the ECW world title, didn't win it, but he wasn't there very long, then transitioned to the WWF. Okay. But at least he has ties with both organisations. Yeah. So that's the first thing I'd say. Looking around that locker room, Shane McMahon for the storyline is linked mm-hmm. to them because he quote-unquote owns it. Yep. Kurt Angle appeared once on ECW because they were trying to sign him. So this is right after the Olympics, the Atlanta Olympics, oh, okay. where he won the yep. gold medal. And he was considering transitioning to WWF. Right. And he was leaning towards joining ECW to start okay. off his career. And they brought him out for a show introduced him to the crowd yeah on that same show there was a segment which completely put him off joining that company because oh, I believe he's religious a religious guy and this is where Raven put the Sandman on a crucifix uh, and put barbed wire crown okay, around his right, head um, tied him up you can see why that would put someone off and he was like what the hell are you doing with this I'm, there's no way I'm yeah. associating myself with this went to train WWF and the mm-hmm. rest is history so apart from that one appearance oh. He again, has no makes allegiance. no sense. Yeah. Exactly. But again, Booker T, five-time yeah. WCW heavyweight makes champion. Sense. Rob Van Dam, effectively the face makes of sense. ECW, yeah. makes sense. Okay, so again, it's the theme of people that are linked with them that shouldn't mm-hmm. be. And some that could have been and didn't. I'll get onto that later. Okay. So effectively, what we see here <laughs> yeah, yeah. is them just going, oh, we, well, Can you're we late. trust you? Yes, no. Exactly, yeah. and Stone Cold's looking at his imaginary watch. Oh, yeah. And saying, I think it's time to shut your mouth and yeah, follow I, I the leader. That. And that, that kind of stuff. Fine. It's just, he, just a Rob, bit long. It was a bit long, but did you like those little touches in there that I liked? Rob Van Dam acting like Stone Cold had spat on him. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did see <laughs> Cause that. Because RVD isn't one often to show that kind of no. emotion for no reason, and him just acting mm-hmm. like he'd been spat on. I liked. Yeah. Nice little touch. Yeah, it did tickle me, I suppose. But we're in the era again mm. where everything was, it was weighed almost 50 50 between match content, skits, and angles. Oh, yeah. Really, it was even more so in the attitude era. It's more it's angles. It's heavy. It is. Yeah. Which I think that they're the ones that would be a struggle for me to, yes. to get through because I prefer the in ring stuff. But we're, they're starting to go away from it, but it's still, the fingerprints of that are still very mm-hmm. much all over, over this show, I think. Do you have any other notes specifically in that? For, the, for the mammoth intermission that was between the two matches yes. um michael cole features in there he does he's like 10 years old so with frosted tips like he's the world's tiny, biggest bitch he's so young he comes in because uh, this is obviously it transitions from the alliance locker room to vince yes. mcmahon and linda mcmahon yeah walking down um michael cole comes to interview them. yeah are oh, you scared michael are you worried you're gonna lose your job Very well you sweet. should be yeah i just should, should just be worried in general i think michael cole but he does look like a fell breeze or a swift breeze could fell the man. Yes. I just, I looked and I was like, what? I had to look twice. And then he called him like Michael. And I was like, it is him. My God, he's been around forever. Funny to think that he was, I think, a war correspondent before really? he moved to wow. WWF. And then this was the role wow. he was put in before okay. they moved him to commentary. I think he might have done done the odd show at this mm-hmm. point, maybe SmackDown. Um, but yeah, he was still primarily backstage interviewer. Okay. Um, 
and we hear uh, a bleeped out uh, swear word from the owner of the company because mm. he says to Linda, he says, there's a phrase, shit happens. Yeah. And they bleeped it out so they can't say shit. Oh. And then he says it again later on after William Regal comes up because, and Regal has to mention the Queen because otherwise you don't know he's English. Oh, this annoyed me, but yeah. I will take great pleasure in bucking you both. Well, not literally. I mean, that would be a very different <laughs> show. And then after he goes, we say, God bless the Queen. Yeah, yeah. Huzzah. Standard. And walks off. Vince says, see, shit happens. Oh, I see. But yes. Oh, I can't believe I didn't notice that. I, was about I think it's probably ask. because I just, I know they might have bleeped it, but I would have known what he said, so mentally I didn't take it in. But you didn't notice the fact it was a swear either way? No. Okay, fine. This goes for my vocab, doesn't it? Yeah, and then before they go back to, after Regal mentions the Queen, they, like I said, Vince says, shit happens, it goes back to the commentary team, and Heyman looks at JR like he's a piece of shit under his foot, and it's fantastic. He says something. I think yeah. it's about Xbox they're advertising. Oh, yeah. My God, that's how retro it is. Exactly. Let's advertise I'm surprised Xbox. it wasn't Nintendo Jesus. 64 or something. Um, and he looked... He finished saying his bit. Then JR starts when He looked at him. And I can't obviously get this across yeah. audio-wise, but he just... Looks him up and down with scum. a sneer. And it's great. Yeah. It's just such a snivelling yeah. bitch moment He's that so he has. good, though, at He has a great, great bit later in the show as well of being a snivelling coward. Okay, so now we move on to the second match. Yes. Where we see God Save the Queen, William Regal, taking on everyone's favourite, Yoshihiro Tajiri. So Regal representing the Alliance. Yes. Tajiri, obviously from ECW, but representing WWF. This is why I had to think of them as independent matches, because it just boggled my mind. But Regal did have ties with WCW. He works in WCW. He Mm -hmm. had no association with ECW. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he spent longer in there than he had WWF right. by far, so it made sense. Yeah, for him at least I understood why he was, but then I was like, but again, well, how, why is he not? There's like... enough WWF guys that you don't need to yeah, get the likes of Tajiri to cover it. Confusing. So, Japanese music for their wrestlers mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Yeah. It's not as bad now, but there's still very much a touch of it now. Quite stereotypical. Well, it's. I love them. I'll be honest. It's not a great example because I really liked Jerry's engine. Dang, 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 dang. Yeah, dang, his, his music's great. Yeah. Brilliant. Like it. But he might as well, like I said, they might as well come out to I Think I'm Turning Japanese. Like, it's so. Like, there's no subtlety with it. No, true. Whereas everyone else has got their own. Yeah. And then. Sort of identity with the music. Even there's at this, this point, generic. Actually, think about it. Think about the British wrestlers they've had in David Boy Smith, yeah. Will Britannia. Yep. William Regal kind of came out to ar- oh. aristocratic, shall yeah, we say, yeah. music, True. which was very stark contrast, those two themes. Well, yes. But I still, that was one of my early notes, but I got excited when I saw Tajiri. Oh, I love Tajiri. I like his matches. Yeah. And this... He's very good. This didn't disappoint, I don't think. It was no. a very short match. Oh, it was, but actually, for me, it felt like the perfect amount of time. Oh, yeah, I wasn't necessarily like there using... was enough packed into it. It wasn't short and sweet it was like there was a lot it packed in to me like yeah i wasn't necessarily using that as a derogatory comment yeah. towards it i just noticed that because yeah, it, it finished and i went oh yeah but I, was, I wasn't angry i was just no. surprised i think that, they, that yeah was, they could have done more definitely. they gauged the length of it well and we see um william regal early doors get a lovely busted nose Ooh, from yes I assume I don't. I don't think I actually saw the moment. I believe a Tajiri kick. Yeah, I did. I was watching, and then all of a sudden, I saw that he was like gushing from the schnoz, and I was like, uh, "Okay." Didn't and I that. fucking love a Tajiri kick. Give it to me, daily and nightly, and ever so rightly. 
Yeah. They're amazing. Just they always look on point. They and for, like I said, it defies his size. Because you look at him and you should think, oh, you're like five foot nothing. Yes, this is like one of those matches when usually I'd look and go, this is fucking pointless. Yeah. Because he's big, he's little, stupid, works. But Tajiri's kind of like, he's got this animalistic nature about him yeah. where you believe, like, I wouldn't have a fight with him. Absolutely like, he'd kill me. Not. I wouldn't have a fight with Regal either. No. But, <laughs> but I look at Tajiri and go, like, some of them, like the small ones, yeah. you think, maybe I could hold my own for a bit. With yeah. him. No, just kick my head off. Yeah, I'd put it to me, it was like a power versus agility. Yeah, like, and ultimately, I guess power paid off. But we got to see a tarantula. Did you? Yes, got in I a, did see that. I was very happy. Yep. He got a good amount of offense in. It wasn't completely one sided. I think yep. Regal sold well for him. Uh, bloody nose aside, which I do think actually pissed him off. Uh, yeah. If it I didn't, agree, actually, he played yeah. it very well. Yeah. But it, yeah, it was a real streamer, wasn't it? It's like where yeah, you caught one proper, of the main veins and it gush, just yeah. wouldn't stop. It was, yeah. I don't know. Just also and. Obviously, I think before this match, it, it showed us a little clip. But as soon as I realised it was Tajiri, I was like, oh, is Tori Wilson going to feature here? Because I remember them really dating. I forgot in that. In quotation marks. I don't believe it then. I don't believe no, it No, I don't believe it. But I remember that being a thing. Because she was married to Billy Kidman, who was on the roster at the time. Yes. Former WCW guy. I remember him. But yep. again, Tori Wilson came from WCW. Oh, okay. So interesting that they, they left. They felt the need to leave that, but mm-hmm. there was a couple of moments in this match which I liked, but I could see why someone wouldn't like it. Oh, okay. So the bit where Tajiri, Let's see if I didn't like, them. I mentioned that Mick Foley <laughs> was known to doing this. Oh, the ropes. Yeah. When he, yes, I've written so that put down. So his head, oh, guillotine and himself, and then Regal pulls yes. the legs. Brilliant. That's got to hurt. Surely that's got. In, Obviously, Tajiri's got his hands point, in. That's got to do something. And I think what Regal's effectively doing is just lifting his legs away. Oh, I see. So than, not he's probably pulling. taking the body weight yeah. off him rather okay. than anything. But it looked brilliant, and it's it shows that he's a nasty bastard who will take advantage of that situation. Like instead of going, oh yeah, let the ref get him out. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Bang. Have that. And I thought it that was really good. good. Yeah, it did look really good. good. And I believe that Tajiri was fine coming out of it. Yeah, so true. I wasn't particularly worried. Now, the double underhook powerbomb thing, mm-hmm. I just, it's fine, but to me that doesn't feel like a regal move. I know he did use it, yeah. obviously, as he did in this occasion, but to me it's that stretch he did. So he did what John Cena wishes he could do uh, with the yes. STF, because yes. he's got that regal stretch, I think they called it. Yes. That looks brutal. Mm-hmm. Give me that. Double arm powerbomb is fine on a little, sorry, a little guy's demeaning, but on a smaller competitor yeah. like Tajiri. Something of smaller stature and i think it's because i wasn't in my head that's not his finish no i know what you mean so i wasn't expecting the match to end so when he didn't kick out i was like oh yeah i was i I put i was gutted that it finished and regal actually won i was like oh okay i didn't mind regal winning i think it was just more the finish i think it was just a bit like oh it's over i think the the second part when he came back with that was a bit much for me so again it was in the era where man and woman violence was deemed acceptable um to be fair, right, this is going to be... I have to be very careful with how oh, I word dear. this. So if, to me, even if you're portraying in wrestling, okay, and a female competitor, mm-hmm. without any provocation, goes up and hits a guy, if a guy then hits a wrestling move on her, mm-hmm. I don't think that's out of line. Now, in real life, I'm not saying go around and suplex no, 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 fucking no. women left, right okay. and centre. But the, the reason why this doesn't hold up well at all is because... It was she's just a manager. She did nothing. She's, she's nothing. She's yeah. like a li- delicate little flower yeah. who comes out to help her man, mm. 
and then gets the same treatment. Yes, and that was a bit unprovoked. Like, it was unnecessary, I thought. I mean, it worked for the story. Yeah. But it, I did watch it and I was like, oh, okay, this is the time I remember that we this are. bit, funnily enough. I don't remember the match, but I remember Tori Wilson coming out. Not because I was a creepy little kid, yeah. but I just remember her getting... And I remember thinking, I want to fight William Regal now. That's, I you think don't probably that's, that's half the reason why it was done, because it probably provoked a lot of men watching visceral reaction to then not like him because yeah. of what he'd done to because she struggled even though she's obviously very dainty and, and yeah. light she didn't take it that well because again my missus was watching it and she he went oh that she didn't land well yeah. on that one I said yeah she doesn't have the same athletic no. ability to it was the rotation bit that didn't look right when your arms behind I said but to be fair Regal did it safely yeah. he looked after her she was, she'd be fine but yeah, I remember that moment as she ran out, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I know what's coming here. Yeah. We're gonna have to touch upon this." Yeah, but um, quick question. Yeah, Regal mm. was so posh. Yes, isn't he from Blackpool? He's from Blackpool. Why the fuck's he talking the way? I've got family from Manchester, as do, as do you. Yeah, and you know, Northern blood runs deep within us. What's he supposed to do? Why does he talk like that? Why is he just not sure. talking like a normal? <laughs> right, Vince, our kid. <laughs> but it just it, sunshine. It, like. I literally was like. I knew he was English. Yeah. And then it was only when they announced him, they're like, from Blackpool, England. I was like, Blackpool? It's, it's almost one Why of those... Why is he not going like, oh, hey, up? Like, I think it's like, it's either he suppressed the accent. Yeah. Or... Because sure you can hear, you can still but... hear a little bit of a twang. When it's like, like how he ends words. It's like a... Uh. People in America, I, I, and it's not against them. I'm just saying, I appreciate they're not going to... Yeah, of course. They probably think all of us talk the Queen's English. Which is how I think we talk. Um... <laughs> well you drift out with northern <laughs> yeah. phrasing no a little t- yeah no no is, no is a, a standard you but, rarely use that word to um oh <laughs> god wow yeah totally lost my train of thought no i'm just making the general um, um oh so i appreciate that that's probably why and and it was his thing do you know what i mean like he was english like he his music was prim and proper it was it but i was just like oh do you ever remember his his uh, entrance theme was "He's a man, yes. such a man." Yes, brilliant. Give me it that. just really confused me. And um, the only other thing was um, I forgot how much I like listening to Jr's voice in the background. It's, oh, it's like a smooth velvet. It is like it's a bit. That's great. But it, I need it again. He's got the twang. Hook me it's up. Great, to, yeah. But for me, that is he's the quintessential commentator. So you've got um, as yours being Michael Cole. Yes. For me, it's always going to be JR because mm-hmm. that's my era. Other people have done it very well, but I will always and I. That's when I hear him on AEW. Even though he's not able to necessarily keep no. up with the the athleticism and the the rate in which they go through yeah. the moves, I just love him. I love the guy, and he's yeah. been through so much yeah, as well. Of course, he's someone that I always felt bad with Vince effectively bullying him in yeah. a lot of scenarios. Obviously, yeah, a couple bouts of Bell's palsy. Yeah, um, I think he went through. I don't know if it was one or two. He definitely went through a divorce and recently, a couple of years yeah. ago, lost his, lost his wife as well, who he absolutely so cherished. Sad. So I wish nothing but the best for uh, JR. And like I said, we like to, well, I certainly like to take the piss out of a lot of people. But for me, that's like kicking a puppy. Yeah. It's like you're having a go at your granddad. The nicest person, yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I just can't bring myself to do that with JR. And I'm sure he was as politically motivated as so many other people in the locker room. Yeah. But I don't care. Yeah. He's he's just he's like I said he's one of the family for me. Oh bless! So I'll be gutted. Like you know, you say certain deaths hit mm-hmm. you harder than others, and I'm certainly not wishing ill upon no. him. 
like recently Matthew Perry oh, that hit different because yeah. that feels like my era yeah so it feels like you grow up with these people like exactly but yeah. in a way it feels like cause I feel like I got a bit old before my time as it were mm-hmm. even though he's got 20 years on me mm-hmm. I feel like he's a contemporary so I feel mm-hmm. like someone of similar age which he isn't has yeah. died and it kind of hits differently yeah for no me. I understand and I feel like as well when you talk about like all these celebrities dying and stuff and obviously this was always the case people always die always will going forward always oh, have taken a dark turn no but <laughs> i guess my point that i'm trying to touch upon is if it was like up until the age of 15 no famous people were dying yeah because we wouldn't have t- i mean obviously you had some big ones in our era of growing of up but no one that we would have been unless this sounds harsh but bothered about because we were of that yeah. age up until that age where you think mm-hmm. i'm so you are selfish up till that age as a kid anyway you don't think of anything else yeah, well, it's you only don't... as you get into later life that you actually go oh shit it's gonna happen to all of us yeah and, and then, then you resonate with it and it does get harder and so yeah the bray white one was obviously big, yeah that was tough the first big death that i remember impacting me from a wrestling perspective was eddie guerrero Mm-hmm. That one just hit different for me because he was still going, yeah. still relevant. I remember my, there's a, a thing, as Holly will well know, that my mum seems to be uh, somehow not the Grim Reaper herself, but she will <laughs> be on the phone line to them. And if someone has died that is of, in any respect, a, a level of fame, she will call me up, I'll tense up, and then she'll say, Oh, by the way, did you hear this person died? And I remember her telling me about Eddie oh, Guerrero wow. dying. Okay. And I remember just. It was on the way, it was in the morning, mm. and I think because I was being dropped off at my grandparents to, to be taken to school later on because my mum went to work early, yeah. and she told me on the way there, and I just remember feeling flat the oh. whole day, like the wind. It sounds ridiculous, but I remember kind of slumping yeah, you in my seat as a result of that. Era, like jamming at that age as well. And when, J, when JR's time comes, that will hit me very yeah. much differently from a lot of the others because it's the voice as well yeah true actually yeah because you can think of matches but when you don't hear that the voice is the person in many respects yeah. it rep and yeah it's just that's going to be tough but yeah i do love jr so I, I definitely agree with your point which i feel like i turned into my own un- unintentionally but a bit selfishly there so yeah, apologies no, good. okay so like i said we've got the uh double arm power bomb to finish off the match the yep. jury's done um yep. then like i said Tori Wilson gets the same treatment. She sure does. Um, there was a line on commentary. Oh, okay. Um, oh, no, they I'm said, not going to have picked out. So they were talking about, oh, so what's going to happen when one of the companies goes out of business? Heyman yeah. was making it a big thing. And he said, oh, he said, oh, it would be a shame to lose, you know, like people like Tori Wilson mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And JR said, oh, I'm sure Regal could find her position in his cabinet. Heyman then said, uh-huh. I'm sure he could find many positions for her. Yes, no, I do remember hearing that, but I just didn't write it down. I do remember yeah. just being like, oh. Okay. I wrote that down and I was like, that's clever. I like yeah. quick-wittedness as yeah. much as anything. Yeah. I respect that. Okay, oh, so we yeah. move on to a Holly appreciation match. <laughs> well, before you even get there, though, you've got some big old interlude. Do we? Yeah, did you? There was a I've backstage. There was a... I think there was like um. Oh, hang on, where is it? It was uh, it's Test backstage. Oh, no, no, I've written that in the, the match. With the woman. Oh, see, oh, no, yeah. to me, that's not in the match yet. Fine, okay, well then let's let's not even get into the match oh, itself. So yeah, we, see, okay. we see a greasy, <laughs> so swollen happy. rat of a man. <laughs> so happy. Backstage. I so, loved him as well. So basically, God, but I'm with him. Song. That useless bitch, Janet, not oiling him up. Does she not know how that fucking light hits <laughs> him when she goes out there? I, I hope she does. Because I've put here... <laughs> 
I would do that better. I would have done. Brilliant. I tell you, I would have done. Yeah, you wouldn't get like, Janet rolling her eyes. Does she not oh, know her place? Does she not know how lucky Who she is? Who the fuck is? are you, Janet? Get She's back in your box. Lucky lady. Unbelievable. Gosh. Unbelievable. Anyway, so, well, we know, I, I was joking when I said I wish she's dead. I was getting involved in how Tess was looking at, but Tess is actually dead, isn't he? I keep yeah, forgetting about really that. Yeah, it's really sad. So, I put clueless, talentless woman. That's how I finished Ooh. that. I was agreeing with, I was agreeing with Tess. Yeah. I was all about the Canadian boy. Um, and I put, Holly will have loved this match, regardless of quality, but we also get an Edge interview where yes. he openly mocks the Canadian accent that he also has. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> oh, what's that all about? Yeah, like it is weird. Great. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Tess has a very pronounced Canadian yes. accent. I liked it when he said, "We can go and party." Party. That was later <laughs> was in the show, like, wasn't it? Oh, was no, that it was here. Yeah, of course, because Stacey came yes. in, the Duchess of Dudleyville. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, afterwards we can. How about wrong with Party. Party. Comes before Part B. Usually that. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. The former uh, Mrs. George Clooney, briefly. Yes. They weren't married, were they? No. But they were dating. No. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, just what a fucking shit show that man is, I'll be honest. Honestly. There's something about him, because he's, he's obviously he was on all the medicine. Yeah, so I really liked Test, but not here. Okay. I didn't start to like him till he had his short hair. That was the worst. I really liked him then, but then it made me really sad because I watched. Okay, I watched another. Re- I did watch another reality program, okay. which was set in. It was it was called Wags. I don't really understand it, but it had Barbie Blank on it. Okay, um, Kelly oh, Kelly. Of course, they were together, weren't they? Yes, and I actually she didn't mention a lot of wrestling at all on it, and then she did because it was so sad. Actually, um, she went to a. Um, I want to call them a psychiatrist, a psychic. That's a psychic. the one. Very different. Jesus. Very different fields. And she had a reading, and it was fine. And then they, and then it literally said to her, um, "Oh, there's someone here. Don't know who they are, um, but they said you can battle any test that you face." And she lost her shit, yeah. like cried. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was fascinated by this. And then she told the story of yeah. how they were dating for so long how they found out he was dead and that she truly believes that actually he like looks over her and I was like oh it's actually really nice it was the clue after the like you know you can take on any test it was the bit where afterwards it went test test test. this is the (laughs) test and she was like oh shit I think this has meaning but no it really it really I think up until obviously he had already died by that point but I liked him you'd imagine so otherwise it's got less meaning I was just like oh because I knew he, he died at the time but I didn't failure, wasn't really it, look steroids. into it yeah too much and apparently they had to scale his balcony of his apartment mm-hmm. to actually get in to find what had happened and I was like oh god yeah he was um, it puts a different spin on it when you see him looking like this it just makes me a bit like but he always looked like this he, he got worse definitely the yeah. way he looked but I, I actually put a comment in the match itself which seems appropriate to touch upon now is that and it's a little bit having a dig at his face because he looks like a gerbil. He does look swol- like swollen Because he's face, got the yeah. swollen face, but he's got the little buck teeth coming uh-huh. out. So it's a little bit gerbil-like yeah, yeah. for me. But his skin tone is always sunburnt. Yes, it's always and it's look And to me, it doesn't look pink. like uh, you're tanning yourself. It's like your body is straining so much that all the blood has rushed to the surface. And I feel like you're... you. An accident waiting to happen, yeah, which ultimately sadly... Yeah, was always very pink, which I didn't actually acknowledge. Yeah, because that's not a normal hue no. for most humans. And, uh, you know, Andrew Martin, I believe his real name was. It wasn't Adam Martin, mm, it was Andrew. But, yeah, I think he, was it 2003, 4, so. he ultimately passed away, which is... 
Oh yeah, it can't have been. No, I think it was later. Than Must have been later than that because I mean, if Kelly Kelly was on the scene, she would have been like yeah, five. Yeah, she wasn't. Um, I don't remember, but yeah, but it's, it's yeah, sad. it's it's sad. But and so as much as I've just insulted the massive gerbil. Two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine. Okay, that's yeah, fair enough. That's when Kelly started to kind of get a bit of renown. I think she was probably two thousand eight onwards. So fine, because I know they did bring Tess back for a little bit. They did. In that period. Yes. And that, I don't know if he died when he was on their books though, or if they let him go and then he died. I, I don't not that it's relevant it's not for me trying to get the chronology right in my head so other than the jokes made about obviously janet and test and edge mocking the accent i said well i I start off by slagging him off Mm -hmm. in the match itself so when he's got his like it's the chin rest hold where he's got his knee in his back and he's got his hands Mm -hmm. i said he looks just like he's hyperventilating like he's Mm-hmm. and again it's just making him go pinker and pinker and I'm, I'm you know when you feel like a pulse shooting through you yeah I was like tensing up for, for being concerned about him um but what what did you make of the, the match like what what were your takeaways um, what were your key moments in it it was all right um okay. my first point is honestly I really come off hideously in this throw some jelly in there yep which is a standard comment I will say to most matches as we know yeah what flavor Ooh, oh! I think like a sour, like a lime, lime oh, jelly. Every day. Oh no, that's saved for, saved first the pinnacle. I think that's the best one. Okay, that's the best one. Right, so I best not have any wrestling matches. Otherwise, <laughs> loads of strawberry jelly there. <laughs> um, I did enjoy it. There was, but there was some, I don't know. Just again, peaked and troughed. Um, I liked that the ring gear was different for okay. me. Like edges was bright mm-hmm. and vibrant. Like, like he was meant to yeah. be the eyepiece. I think for okay. me like I focused on him more obviously he's pretty but because he was wearing a bright colours for me they're the, the stereotypical outfits that both of them wear so when I think about mm-hmm. their normal gear and I think about retro edge I'm either thinking about he's these blue types for me, yeah. or the mahogany not, oh, yeah. col- not mahogany burgundy yes. coloured ones mm-hmm. um, Test is wearing exactly what I expect him to like the shiny grey see I don't remember him wearing them trou- I remember him wearing pants oh the blue uh, yeah the short blue ones no te- the main Test era was all oh, this okay. basically and it was always the same colour I don't yeah, know how see, many I different just, pairs he had I, I remember looking and being like oh and then also I remember looking and going wasn't his move the big boot and he didn't have like he his feet weren't that big I'm sure they were in real life. But looking, I was like, where are the big boots? Because he yeah. used to wear, well, I remember him wearing pants or whatever and a big set of like yeah. boots. And I, was like, I think it's because the trousers were loose-fitting. Yeah, probably. And I was just like, oh, this is really confusing my little brain there. So after he had that chin hold on edge, uh, chin, I should have said actually that what was at stake in this match. So it was for uh, you know the uh, combined yep. United States and intercontinental oh, title yes. matches. One would go away, one would stay. Mm-hmm. So, again, I don't think Test had any affiliation with the Alliance. So I don't know why he's there. I think Edge right. did do a couple of dark matches for WCW once, but neither had really mm. any business being associated okay. with them. But They were just having a match, and then they had to give one of them one side. And... Yeah, yeah, effectively. I mean, they didn't... Did they do it for... Oh, they did do it for all of them. Of course they did. I mean, it's the main premise of the mm-hmm. show. But So after he had the resting chin hold on Edge for a bit, taking the world's most challenging shit, uh, there was a couple of really impressive spots mm-hmm. that I thought he did. The tilt-to-well slam, so where Edge runs towards him, Tess picks him up, flips him around in the air, slams him down. Yes. Very impressive, very clean. And he hit him with that, um, oh, what's it called? Like the pump handle slam thing that he did. Oh, I've got that, yeah. Very clean. Mm -hmm. Tess, impressive. Yeah, I put impressed, really impressed me. 
Also, aren't you impressed? I knew what it was. What, the pump handle slam? Yeah. Well, it's got the word pump and handle involved test and edge, so I imagine you'd find out what it was called one way or the other, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. But Sunset flips were in this as well. Yes. Get them out, please. This was, this was way before Rollins. Okay, Obviously. yeah. But I just yeah. can't watch them. I don't like it. No one ever looks sturdy. I said this before. I shan't bore anyone and say it again. I don't like them. I think as well, and we definitely touched upon this in the past, is when a bigger man take goes up the turnbuckles to take flight, when it's mm-hmm. outside of what he normally mm-hmm. does and isn't like essential life or death. Yes. Like, I guess you could argue that, you know, you could be, in theory, storyline-wise, out of a job if you mm. lose the match. Yeah. But seeing Test inexplicably go yeah. to the top turnbuckle to jump to then get hit with a drop kick in the bollocks nearly. Test once again proving why big guys should not go to the top room. That is effectively the point that I was trying to make there. Yep. So I've credited him with the tilt wheel slam, the pump handle slam, both very clean. Mm-hmm. And this is the biggest compliment I could give him, although it's a relatively low bar in comparison to Ooh, I the other person. The same. He hits the spear a million yes. times better than Edge does. I put that as well. That's one of the better spears I've seen. Yes, I put... Apart from Rhino's gores. Really enjoyed him doing the spear. Works. Definitely think Give he should that. keep it. Yeah. Edge has got big feet. Let him kick someone in the head. Yeah. Or just, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, really good spear. Sounds silly to say, oh, I enjoyed that. No, but no, no. It just it's, works for him. And he actually did it, executed it. Because he's really big unit. And well. he went in with yes. pace. Yeah. Like, I think it was very, very impressive. Um, so what do you think about the uh, reverse where Edge hurricane runnered out of a move and then... Test. It's basically the the ending sequence. Then Test turns around, runs into a, a tame spear. Yes, I've I've really confused myself by the notes that I've written. Okay. Because I've put the reversal into the bin was very smooth. Pin. Obviously, it's the pin. Spear. But pin. I was like, yeah. what? But that makes sense. I, yeah, I it was smooth according to me. Yeah. So it was a roll up that ended it. So because I I thought. I was convinced, you know, when you feel like you know a little bit too much about right, yeah. the workings of wrestling. When Edge hit the spear after the hurricane run, I thought that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. So when Tess kicked out, because I remember the result of this one, uh, I was like, okay. oh, okay, that's, I've forgotten that. Yeah. And then the roll-up, normally I dislike a roll-up, depending on how it's executed. This one was fine. I didn't really have an issue too okay. much with this. Um, the match itself... Uh, Apart from the moments that I think Tess, I give Tess more credit than I give Edge, which is surprising because I wouldn't have thought yeah. that going into it. It was okay. It, was, it wasn't a bad match. No, it wasn't. The, the moments that in it were really good. Like I said, the power spots from yes. Tess, very nice. But I weirdly enjoyed both the matches that went before it. Okay. I mean, I don't know what your takeaway it was from the match, but Edge obviously with a roll yeah. up to secure the unified United yes. States and Intercontinental titles. Happy with the result, I assume. Obviously, always. Yeah. Um, I did put though, and this is I don't. I'm not trying to cause a segue, but watching Test, and obviously it's not a similar story because one of them is still here, but his body, mannered like mannerisms, reminds me so much of Big Cass. Yeah. And it's not just because they're big guys. It was a lot of like their stature, their the way his ability. Maybe not so now. But when Big Cass first started, like his his thing was just yeah. I'm a big guy. Is it one of those things? But, oh, sorry. Yeah, carry on. No, but like obviously he's I like watching him now. He's apart from his horrendous ring name. Big Bill. Um, he's someone big actually. I'd, I'd love to come back. I'm not fast. I'd really he like was, to have to him me, come back. He was nothing without Enzo. Oh yeah, true. I mean, oh, I do the impression. I'll no, save please. that for another day because that will break you for a little while if I do that like it did. 
when I lasted that for you. Um, it just, I don't know, just it just reminded me of of Big Cass, and I, I guess that's the whole it's, point, I mean, really. In ring wise, I don't know how true it is, but theoretically speaking, that's not a bad competitor for someone like a Big Cass to look up to. Because yeah. if you're looking for someone, because realistically, you've got to work with what, what you've got. Given. Yeah. So there's not that many guys I mean, that are got, of that stature. You're not going to be Undertaker. You're not going to be mm-hmm. Kane. You're not going to be. I mean, I guess Kevin Nash, but he was very much of his era that that mm. stuff doesn't work anymore. Um, so yeah, test. Yeah. Realistically speaking, I understand. Obviously, not the yeah. extracurricular stuff. Yeah. Although Cass yeah. went down a bit of a. He's got a bit of a happier ending. That, d- but well, obviously. so far, absolutely. Because yeah. I think Test came clean. Oh, I say came clean. I think he might have come off it, but the damage had been done at that yeah. point. So let's hope that Big Cass doesn't have a relapse with the issues that he was having. But I. <sighs> Yeah, I I completely get where you're coming from, and it's not a bad comparison to make. Although I do think the initial basis is predicated on them being fairly big guys, yeah. but the rest of the similarities don't have to correlate, and they yeah. kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Test as a single star has more upside if they were around in the same yeah, era, yeah. and I was backing yeah. the horse. I'd back Test. Yeah, not by a great deal. I'm pretty sure. Didn't they even give Big Cast the big boot? But I think everyone over I mean, obviously six foot eight that, has a big boot. That, like Undertaker does, I know. Yeah, do Kane I mean? did. But it, Diesel did. Just really like, just because he's their big. Yeah. I don't know. Just a bit. Well, it just kind of makes sense. Like if I can, because it, I guess it looks impressive. It does because their their stature's so big like, and their uh, leg span is obviously a lot longer. Yeah, as I mean, well, just make sure you've got to got stretch his leg stretch the hammies. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to be uh, coming up short, causing yourself a mischief, do you? No, I'm sure you're there for that as well. Before we <laughs> segue too hard. Absolutely. But yeah, so the match was okay and it brings the tally back to yeah. Alliance to WWF1. Mm-hmm. So they're still in the game. Okay, now we go to another of the many backstage segments. Jesus. So I'll, I'll let you finish the sip of beer and talk through Ooh. it so we kind of hide the fact that that's happening. Okay. Uh, and go into what were your thoughts on this backstage segment because I've got very strong thoughts. Is this... Right, so my the comments on this backstage segment aren't really... I think I'd become null and void to these segments by this point. I'll be honest; okay. I was bored of them. Um, but was, is this the one? Was there a Freddo? Is it? <laughs> Look, <laughs> there may have been. Was there a Freddo? Uh, yeah. Was much. it a one Freddo show or? No. Oh, and you haven't mentioned a Freddo yet. Not, so, okay. No. Well, well, I don't want to give any spoilers. No, there, away. there are some to come. Um, okay. But was this the segment that had Jeff in it, or was that the next uh, one? So, <laughs> because I, I got overly excited when Jeff was this, the one I'm talking leader. about leads into that yes. one. Oh, it okay. started. It started with a little comment saying the acting skills here are really being pushed to the max. So is that Stephanie McMahon? Oh, none. So okay, she's a brilliant businesswoman. Brilliant. Is she? It, yeah. You sure? Now. Is she? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know what she went and studied at college i think it might have actually been to be fair business management so i might be doing her disservice but it's one of those things for me where because and again i could very much be wrong on this yeah. when you come from the position that she has mm-hmm. every opportunity you needed is there oh, in front of you very gifted just hit the microphone but well, how much of that is ability or just yeah. the fact that you're put in the position i'm not saying she then didn't yeah yeah no i see your point and yeah. grow into it but would she, if she was Joe Bloggs on the street... Would have had that. Yeah, no, probably not, yeah. So I, when she's done well with what she's been given... Yes, yes, that's probably a better way of, of saying... And I appreciate that's a dickish comment from me, but I don't know how much... It's, so, yeah. so to give you an example, to put it back to an actual sport, football, mm. Pep Guardiola manages Manchester City, mm. talks about as one of the best managers of all time, and his track record would indicate that. 
for me, and I'm not saying he isn't a good manager, he clearly is, he's always been managing the top clubs. How much, put him in the... Give him a show on and see how exactly. good he is. And then I'm not saying he couldn't do something amazing yeah. with it, but until we see... I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's always been know. gifted with the good teams anyway. Like... Which is what the kind of yeah. correlation I'm making with yeah, Stephanie. makes sense. So... But just fucking acting skills, man. Just, they're from everyone, not just her. Kurt Angle. Oh, honestly, just have a normal card, not have a normal chat. Like. But I, Kurt Angle's the right kind of goofy. So as much as I like his intense <laughs> persona that we covered at mm-hmm. One Night Stand, goofy Kurt Angle, as you would say, I'm all for. Okay, yeah. I don't mind it, it works. Yeah. And which shows his skill set, being able to realistically portray both yes, different that was actually, the Yeah, that's good, yeah. Granted, it's not the best here, but no. it's not. he's not the it's issue. Amusing. He's not the no, issue he I is have not the in issue. this segue. Yeah. My issue, so I've got here. Stephanie looking like that white girl who goes to the Caribbean and gets piss poor white oh, girl no, dressed no, no. because she thinks she'll fit no, in with the locals. I can't agree with you on that. I haven't finished. We're, I, okay. Feel free to jump all over no, afterwards. carry on. And I said she's also the type of person that would claim to have done humanitarian work during the summer in Somalia and which like every conversation would go back to, yeah, when I was building that mud gap out there, yeah, <laughs> in the gap here with that air, man air, <laughs> like that kind of thing. And right. it's just... So you liked that hair? No, I'm not saying I liked it, but I remember that era and that was a thing. There was machines that like machines. There was like battery oh, powered machines in, then... that would twist your hair and do that and everyone every girl had them. Okay. So I, so I remember this. Enough. I remember it being awful. But my, my next question is, is she fucking thirteen? Um, no. Then what are you doing? But I don't think it was just 13-year-olds that were doing it. Clearly not, based on the state of this bitch. What? I mean... Also, she ain't fucking doing her own hair. Let's... Well, that's even worse. There's people you can't doing it to around. her. Imagine going, oh, can you give me this uh, shit like My Little Pony hair accessoriser? <laughs> nah, I can I can agree with most things, but I don't agree with the, I the just, hair I comment. The... I, think, I, I did make a comment on that earlier. I just didn't mention it because I didn't think it was relevant. Little did I know you were going to bring it up now. Oh, okay. Knowing well, that, that, that how... You know how many people had these contraptions that did this to our hair? We all did them for school discos and again, but age appropriate. Yeah, but I don't remember anyone older. Like I didn't look up to celebrities and that. Well, no, that's fair enough. But for me, it was just that it's the same thing as when you get so. There's a bit in Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Mm. they go to the Jersey Shore, and Dee gets her hair braided immediately with seashells in and stuff oh, like, like that. Oh, like when Monica like, does it in France. Basically, yeah. but she does it to keep the humidity and the hair yes. down. That it's I get. But this is just like a, oh, I'm so in touch with the locals kind of thing. I just, it wasn't as, again, I just irked I used this you for some times. reason. It irks me. I found it irksome. Okay. And it was also before her voice broke. Which yeah. I didn't know women got. I didn't realise how annoying her voice was back then. And then all of a sudden, years later, she started speaking normally. And then I was like, yeah, okay, now I'll listen. But it's like, I think, and okay, my theory on this mm. is, so you know Triple H, who he dated before he got mm-hmm. together with Stephanie, mm-hmm. the late China, mm-hmm. Joni Law- Laura, Laura, I'm going to say. Sure. She was a, a bigger, muscular yeah, woman. Yeah, she was stacked. She was yoked. Then she got feminised in many respects. And I just wonder if that was, without being spoken, encouraged by Triple H when he started dating Stephanie because she was a very sweet, innocent thing. She was a good-looking girl. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say she wasn't. She got the uh, implants, which was standard, referenced. The in standard a, uh, wrestling implants. Chris Jericho made a, yes. a promo on it, which was very famous. I read it in uh, his book, which is a very good book I'd recommend. You do. I think it was in A Lion's Tale. I don't think it was in one of the others. And he got a little bit of trouble with Vince McMahon about that. It's like, don't draw attention to oh. So like, how can you not draw attention to it? It's like she's gone from what she was to what she is now. It's 
you can't hide from that. Mm-hmm. You might as well use it for a cheap, cheap laugh out of the crowd. But around that time, then she started to kind of get a, a more muscular yes. frame. I'm not saying that's bad or good, but then her voice started going with it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a supplementary. I don't know. I don't know that having know never taken of... anything that would build physique. I'm just wondering if the voice, because I know women's voices do get a bit deeper, but not to the extent of night and day like yeah. Stephanie's did. Gosh, I better not take any. I'd have a real man's voice. You don't have a man's voice. Okay, <laughs> this is one of, like I said, Holly is very self-critical, as anyone who knows who will agree. Good deep voice. I would say you have, on the female spectrum, you have a deeper female voice, but yeah. at no point do I think that's a manly voice. Well, thank God for that. But My voice deeper. is a higher man's voice than yours is a woman's deep voice, I think. So we're pretty much level. <laughs> yeah, so we level out somewhere in the yeah. middle. Yeah, yeah we're pretty we're, we're voice twinning. Nice. Yeah, we're kind of cross nice. in the middle somewhere. But, yeah, so effectively the the gist of this little skit is Steph fears becoming a muggle. She doesn't want to have to do her own shopping. Oh, God, yeah, Have to go and wipe her own ass. She doesn't want to do any of this. She likes the trappings of being the billion-dollar princess, Mm -hmm. Um, which I could only assume I'd feel the same in her position. Oh, yeah, for sure. But now we go into... um, Holly's happy place. Yes. And I'll let you take the lead on this one. I was so happy because I didn't know this was coming. I'll be honest. You spoiled me with this show. Really did. I thought so. Yeah. So this Jeff is the Hardy. bit where he's he's there. He's, and Hardy's I was like, there. Oh. Mesh top. Oh, so happy. Mesh honestly. Top. Checking his elbow. His poor little elbow. Mm-hmm. Flexing it out with Absolutely. a cap because he's cool. Yeah. Yeah, blue hair because he's a fucking smurf or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> different colour hair every week. Talking to Lita. And this is where mm-hmm. my missus actually turned round and okay. put a comment because she looked up. And I could see she was squinting at the screen. Yeah. And she went, oh, Lita's got a manly face. Okay. And normally I don't think she does, but I actually could see what Emma said. It was very angular jaw, Square jaw yeah. pronounced. And yeah. I was like, oh. And I felt like for the rest of the segment, I was just analysing yeah, her jaw. I mean, I later commented on, on Lita's body and yeah. how absolutely phenomenal it was. But she looked a lot more lean and trimmed down here than she had before. So I just wonder if she's got a square set jaw. Like, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But obviously, because she's trimmed down, it was more apparent. Whereas before... Yeah, that's fair. Or other matches on shows we've seen, we haven't noticed that because she, you know... Okay, her body is amazing. But I haven't seen her on any of the shows we've watched so far where she's had an actual six-pack. Okay. And she did here. Good point. Because I'm, again, window into my life, I find abs on a woman mm-hmm. off-putting because okay. it's a masculine great. trait yeah but what on a woman you mean yeah, yeah. i would kill for abs no nah. like the, the soft outline i don't mind right. but when you can actually see the proper definition in there mm-hmm. for me it's too much and i agree with okay. you because m actually said i didn't realize she had abs yeah and i said i hadn't spotted that either yeah so i think she and was i think just, you've got a point i think she'd lean like she was very lean at that point and then it yeah. just drew she didn't look bad for it. Oh, no, and I mean, she's not, ultimately, she's not going out there to please little exactly. Scott Barham, no. at, you know, 12 years of age. I get that. But, yeah, uh, was, and, but as soon as Em put the spotlight on it, it was all I could see um, in that little segment. And then basically, they're, they're questioning, is Matt's head in the right place? Yes. So and they did also try and push on the topic of, oh, is Lita flirting with Jeff? Yes. No, she's fucking not. Which, from recollection, talking about that storyline, I don't think they were comfortable with that. I don't think no. Jeff and Lisa wanted to be involved Absolutely in this. Absolutely not. Um, and in the end, we know how that turned out anyway. She started banging Edge in it anyway, so it didn't yeah, really I think, matter. Went, I think she banged CM Punk at one point as well. Gosh. I'm pretty sure. Um, speaking of someone got her. through the, the locker room, good for him. 
Yeah, to be well, fair. Why yeah. Not? yeah, absolutely. In for a penny. Um, but, again, the, the common theme of the night is sowing the seeds of dissension, not yes. just on the Alliance side, no, the WWF sides, side yeah. as well. And, um, yeah, and again, the other comment that my, my wife made when Matt Hardy came out of the locker room, mm-hmm. mentioned, oh yeah, Jeff's way better looking. Because mm, there was that, that was that area of questioning at WrestleMania 17 where you look at Matt and go, not bad, actually. Yeah. Ha- quite yeah, handsome. Yeah. And then this one, you're like, no, no, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, what was I thinking? Yeah. So I was back on team Jeff Hardy being Yay. the good-looking one. Um, yeah. So we then yes. go straight into the match. Oh, so. Lovely. Unifying the tag team titles now. Yes. We've got the Dudleys defending yeah. the WCW tag team mm-hmm. titles, a company they never competed in. Oh, okay. Against the Hardy Boys yeah. defending the WWF tag team titles. Mm-hmm. Dudley Boys were very big in ECW, as I've mentioned to you before. Yeah. ECW tag titles didn't carry over, they just kept the WCW ones. Um, so the claim that Paul Heyman made early as they come into the ring is the Dudley Boys are the only team to have held the WWF, the WCW and the ECW Tag Team Championships. Okay. Yes, but can you really credit them with the WCW one seeing as it was in the WWF? Right. They didn't win it in the promotion oh, before it was under the auspices of WWF. Okay. So... Fair enough, it is still an accolade, yeah, but, but and that not... still remains true now. They're the only ones to have, have done that. Yeah. Because, I mean, who else is going to do it? Obviously, yeah. it's been dead for God knows how long. 22 years now at this point? God, we're old. But, going into it, you took the bullets on that one with me. Yeah, on that. I, I could just make myself old. Oh, God. So, it's a tag team match. Yep. Obviously, because it's tag team titles. Mm-hmm. It's in a cage. Yeah. What were your thoughts on it being a caged tag team match? I, I'll be honest, I was a bit confused because I don't recall, like, I don't know, it really confused me how they're in a cage. One of them still stood on the outside of the ring right? and they're still tagging in and out. Okay. And I was like, if it's, if you're all in a cage, just all fucking fight at the same time. See, I knew we were friends for a reason. <laughs> right. So I was actually getting animated and this is one of those moments where I really struggled not to message you about watching this show. Yeah. I was saying to Emma, and Emma poor, she was getting an ear bashing from me on this one. I said, "Okay, you're in. A, I don't mind a tag team match in a cage. Yeah, make it tornado rules. Yeah, because if there's no rules, why are you tagging in? Two of them yeah. just beat the shit out of one of them. It's yeah. fucking stupid. Yeah, there's what you're going to say. Oh, you have to tag. Why? Disqualify yeah. me. Oh, I can't. It, it didn't make stupid. sense. I'll be honest. Um, and I just also part of me went, well, just climb out straight away. Ah, but that kind of plays into the story. Oh, yes, later I know. On, which is, really fucking annoying is good. Me. So, the match itself, just as a general overview, mm-hmm. brilliant. Oh, I really loved it. Really enjoyed Absolutely it. Absolutely loved Re- it. Best match of the night, I yes, think. By far, comfortably for me. For me. Um, it wasn't a great deal of competition, but mm-hmm. really, really solid match. Really Always good. is with these, these tag teams anyway. I mean, the only thing missing, I guess, Edge and Christian, but they were doing their own things yeah, exactly. on the night. And. We see, like I said, the only thing I really hated about it mm-hmm. was the fact that they had to tag in and out. Yeah. It works, but the it cage, worked, but it didn't make sense. No, it didn't make sense. There's no logic. That kind of takes you out at the moment. As a kid, I doubt I would have thought anything of it. No, I wouldn't question it. But looking that. at it now, I'm like, it's done. Because Don't mind also, the cage, then you're, you can see, like the filming as well, you can see obviously it's through a cage, but it, your vision is distorted because it's through a cage. Yeah. And then they're still trying to tag in and out. And I'm just like, a lot of it, I was like, I can't really see that well yeah. unless you're in there and they're not. Whereas now, they do those matches where you've got a cameraman in the poor freaking... In like, Hell in the Cell, you certainly do. Yeah, that's what I mean. And like, And those are brilliant. But yeah. 
I don't know. Well, it just it did confuse me a little bit. So there's different setups for different companies. So TNA uh, back in the day when Dusty Rhodes was uh, mm. the booker there. So Cody Rhodes' dad. Yes. Um, was the booker and he created uh, or helped create the Lethal Lockdown, I think okay. it was called, which is a six-sided cage, effectively. Mm. And what they had in there is they actually had cut-out holes where a cameraman would have a platform turn it outside but put the lens of the camera oh, okay. through the cage so you I can still clever. get a perspective. Mm-hmm. I guess that's good for the audience at home. I don't know how much oh, it yeah, obstructs for those true. there in person. And that's probably why, I suppose, back in the day they wouldn't do those things because so. you're, you are blocking the view of people that have actually paid to be there. But I guess they're, my point, there are workarounds to the yeah. situation, whether good or, or otherwise. Yeah. But the content of the match, well-paced. Yes. We saw another bloody nose. Mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, well, bloody nose, bloody mouth. Yeah. Um, I think that was from going face first into the cage with the, the flapjacks. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of points. I think I made almost as many notes on this as I did the main event, but not, mm, not okay. quite. Um, well, actually, before we go into that, I, I skipped a very, very key part oh, of the promo. Oh, I say the promo, the little segue between the matches. Yeah. We see Trish Stratus. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I overlooked that. And then... Someone who lack was, of eyebrows. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. But someone who was sat on the sofa with me mm. just piped up and said, "Seeing as I know what your type is, I cannot believe you found her attractive. She's so opposite everything yeah. you like." And I went, "I was twelve and horny. Like what? <laughs> yeah, what? you have to take your age it's into consideration at that point. Yeah, yeah, different game at that yeah. point as far as I was concerned. Yeah, but yeah, it's not one of her better looks. To be fair, like you said, the eyebrows. It's looks something doesn't look quite right there. But it was the era." where they hated eyebrows girls literally had to at school at this age girls shaved their eyebrows off and drew them on so they looked exactly like that this is why life is a struggle now to grow them back it's horrendous nothing wrong with your eyebrows no i know but like there are a lot of girls my age now that will understand the the eyebrow issue i never understood why would you shave it off to put back what's there oh it's weird it's 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 bizarre but i guess i don't understand fashion at the best of times for men let alone women um, but yeah, so that was the first official sighting of my childhood crush, yes, Trish Stratus, on um, WWF events. So, in the match itself, the first mm-hmm. point of the actual contest, apart from me spotting Matt Hardy's bloody mouth yep. later on, was Jeff Hardy must have forgot he was wearing a cap. He just threw it off at one point. Because he started the match and was like, oh, what's that? oh yeah, yeah, took it off. Yeah. I'm convinced he forgot he had it on. Yeah, probably. Um, but again, it gets the women excited because he takes off an item of clothing mm-hmm. for them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I got so distracted by this that halfway through I had to rewind and go back to the beginning because I forgot I was meant to be taking notes. Brilliant. Well, that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's good you went back and took the notes because oh, yeah, that I did, made this yeah. bit a little bit painful to kind of yeah. work our way through. <laughs> but it shows that it drew you in. Yeah. <laughs> for the right reasons, the yeah. wrong reasons, the I Jeff Hardy reasons. Yeah. You were there for it. I don't assume a Freddo had been consumed. Not. Not for this. Not to this, but had one been consumed um, at this point? Had I had one at this point? No, I don't think I had actually. Oh, wow, okay. No, right, I think so I'd lasted quite long. You've done very well point. then, lack of Freddo. I know. I need to get Freddo's in as well, I feel left out on this little tradition. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't know what you're missing out No, one. apparently not. But a couple of poetry emotions, and I've written that down yes. because I know the name of the the, the move now, yes. I've remembered it. I I've might have. That. I may have written down poetry emotion every time I saw it, so you might hear me just shout that move yep. periodically. Done very well. Yeah. No always, missteps from me, Jeff. Always is. No, there's one that so I remember far. being horrendous. If we no. if we get to the point of watching, <laughs> which I'm sure we probably will, Royal Rumble 2001. Oh, okay. Awful. Right. Awful. But top rope Bubba, Bubba Bomb, and that's very difficult to say, 
is horrendous because I'd rather land on my back than my ass. Yeah. It again looked good, but I was just thinking that that can't be pleasant. There's no way to take that which I don't think sucks. No. I mean, talk about like spinal injuries oh, and impacts, God, yeah. especially with someone like Jeff Hardy. Because I'm pretty sure that's who it was mm-hmm. hit on. Yep. Literally ragdolled this we... whole match. I felt like he was just ragdolled. That's what he's there for, though, isn't he? I know, I know that is what he's there for, but... I mean, Christ, he does it to himself. I know. The best of times. But yeah, that one, I, I think it's... There's a camera angle quite close up as well when you think, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but specifically the bubble bomb, I remember mm-hmm. looking nasty. It was it was good. It was well done. Uh, they also hit a doomsday device, so you don't know what that nope. is, but it's effectively... I was about to say the Road Warriors Legion of Doom's finisher. You yep. probably don't know who they are. So it was the moment where I believe Bubba had one of the Hardys on his shoulders, sat on his shoulders, went to the corner. Devon jumped off the oh, corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Off. So that was a, a oh, finishing okay. move by the, the Legion of Doom. Um, that looked very nice. That was well done. The reason I tend not to like that move is because, and it, aesthetically it looks good, but back in the 80s when the Legion of Doom started using this move, there are a couple of big meaty mm-hmm. bastards. In fact, one of them, Animal, is John Laurinaitis's sure brother. Yes, um, yes, that's yeah. where I know it from. Yeah. So that, so that's the connection there that will help you know yeah. who I'm talking about. But they did it quite recklessly, mm. and they always did it as jobbers, and it's just kind of a complete disregard for the other person's well-being. Where, when Hawk would jump off the rope to hit with the clothesline, Animal would go and throw the legs off, so they couldn't fall backwards and land cleanly. Uh, okay. They would have to flip, and you see them land on their head, neck, oh, right, and shoulders, yeah. and few people have been quite badly injured doing that especially they did it to a manager uh jj dylan in a war games match and it wasn't entirely their fault because it was a cage with the top on it in war games okay and it was too short for him to be sat up there fall back so they tried to help him and he ended up landing on his shoulder and broke his shoulder wow basically okay. so i prefer this version although it doesn't look like as impactful but probably because it's not it's safer it looked good when the dudleys did it on on the Hardys. Yeah. Bubba bounces, doesn't he? It's like a fucking yeah. rubber ball. <laughs> Tubby bastard. Like every time bounce, yeah. like, I just started naming him Bubba the Bouncy He's Ball. He's got a nice, nice rebound. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got a little bit of sponge in him, bless him. Uh, I thought he sells quite well, but he borderlines oversells. He, yes, he does. For me? Yep. Is that, I assume that was probably one of your, your yep. notes for Absolutely. this match. Absolutely, just ticked that off, yep. So I don't want to be ticking off your it list. It gets so to a cusp in. for me. No, I, I will just jump in when, as and when, but um, there was one bit, I can't remember where it was, but Jeff like rolls out of a move or something and then just pro- is propelled. They propel him and they propel him halfway up on the cage. And, you think, and he catches it. All right, lovely, brilliant. Clever. Like a little monkey. But I guess this like a little cheeky monkey. Yeah. But I guess then that puts the jeopardy of, well, if he escapes, he's left Matt in there. Mm-hmm. And I think Pinfalls obviously can win it. So why would you do it? Well, yeah, and obviously, like, he, you know, it didn't work out that way. But I was just like, huh, okay. You, You've got two people here that are power... Like, effectively, again, it's powerhouses, to me, versus agility. Comparatively speaking, I wouldn't yes. have said Devon's a powerhouse, but yeah, but they're, I, they're more so. more stocky and For sure. than those two. And again, I'm I'm putting them both into I'm literally just putting one against the other so you've got Jeff who is agile and you know and Matt is but not as much as Jeff whereas yeah you've got Bubba and Devon so I'm just putting them as fine branching them all in in one I thought they used the cage quite well throughout they did actually for them it was a good uh, mm, what is the word 
Accessory. Accessory, fine. That's the one. Bit like it just a gave it a accessory. bit more <laughs> it just gave it a bit more extra something than yeah. the standard let's give them another table ladders chairs match. When it comes to like matches such as cage matches, I always feel like it's sometimes improved by with blood because mm-hmm. you if there's no additional implication on it, what's the difference of just having a normal match? Yeah. Obviously Matt got the bloody lit, but that wasn't supposed to be the case, but I didn't feel like it missed blood in the match. It didn't need it. No, the it didn't need it at all actually. Good. And there was one particular moment with Matt being wedged between the cage and the ropes and then Bubba full on sprinted yes. at him and I was like oh I audibly yeah, made that noise oh, that's, that's got to, you've got to feel something from that regardless of whether it's real absolutely. or not someone's running into you yeah and then the steel cage moved enough that I thought if Matt had like taken a step forward he just slips right out and then yes, the cage trapped yes. him in, the, in between <laughs> the apron and the floor and I was like that would have been quite unpleasant but yeah. a move that was well done all the same yeah we see a what's up Sorry, of course. Well, uh, I can't say. Of course we do. Of course, of course we do because it's uh, it's absolutely standard. And and shortly after that, we see the Duchess of Dudleyville getting involved. Oh, God. In the action where she's um, should we say trying to seduce? Ask for keys. Ask for keys. That's what I wrote down. Ask for keys. Ask for keys. Oh, I thought you said that she asked. No. For keys. Ask for keys. She can have the keys. She can have the keys. So yeah, she literally gets. It's a full moon in Greensboro. And uh, she goes up and suggestively, I don't know if she kisses him or is just talking in his ear. I think she whisper, supposedly okay. whispers in his ear and, and pick then, him. you know, yeah, feels around in his pocket and gets the keys. Which, the concept of which I understand. Oh, it's just, it's that era though, isn't it? It's, yeah. again, yeah, the women were used for, for what they TNA. were there. Exactly. Yep. And I was just like, yeah, okay. And even so, she gets the keys, she unlocks it, he looks and goes, oh dear. She's got time to put a fucking table in there. Yeah. Like, just... Devon didn't even have to get it. No. You might as well just, just look and just go, all right, cool. Like... <laughs> yeah, cheers, was, love. <laughs> that, that part of the segment was pointless to me. Yeah. He, that she might as well have whispered in her ear, lifted her skirt up, oh, and I him handed her the keys. Yeah. Because... The yeah, that would have worked. That would have worked. Because he was a WCW ref as well. Yes. So he was on well their side. Given her, given her the keys and walked off. She could have taken anything she yeah, wanted, to be honest. His dignity, his whatever, his wallet. Mm-hmm. Why stop there? Oh, I'd have taken credit cards, everything. A whole thing, pin numbers, like security codes. Because <laughs> you just leave them in your pocket, right? I always have them in my pocket. It's just in case a woman just flashes <laughs> her ass know. at me in public. In case Stacey Kubler's there to lift something tiny over, little skirt up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mm-mm. but I don't even think it was a skirt, was it? It was like shorts. I don't really remember, I'll be honest. I'm, I just no, I wasn't paying attention to the details of that either. No, I don't um, think you would be. Disgusting, quite frankly. I didn't ask for jelly, so who's worse, me or you? Jesus. Um, Jesus isn't worse, he's not involved. But after that moment, we see mm. Matt escape. Right. Are you dumb? This, I was so angry. Are you dumb? I was so angry. And I know it's the point of the wrestling, like the wrestling I know it's the point of to get to the end game yeah but this is when I watched it and I just went oh okay it it's t- over now it told the story well but it was dumb because because it just makes him look an point, idiot you're fucking off yeah. oh your brother's here also you know we know what he's going to do because he hasn't jumped off anything yet <laughs> yeah so yeah. maybe stay until he does that mm-hmm. and then at least there's two of you well, but no you fuck off yeah. he climbs to the top of course he's going to swanton bomb off. Yeah, well... Do we know who he is? Of course he is. I said in the comment, I said it makes Matt look as dumb as his accent sounds. Yes. Like no, it was, well, I'm agreeing you with... You said yes. No, I'm no, agreeing with... Yes. It makes him look dumb. But I like the just, accent. No, it's so, a bit too... 
No, Jeff isn't different. as bad. Matt's is really. I swear, Matt's is getting more so over time. It doesn't normally phase me, but I yeah. thought it was a good. It was a good line. I'll be honest uh, to to write down when okay. I saw him do that. And then yeah, Jeff ascends the top oh. of the cage, and it's it's spectacular. Like it's well done, it's well aimed, great, brilliant. And then, but he did go through that table, and you do sit there and you just go, oh, at no point is this feeling not like it doesn't hurt. Like, yeah, I mean, I I'll be honest. They land them a certain way. The but table, it it would hurt less with the table there than yeah. if it wasn't there, yeah. for sure, because the table well, it breaks, breaks the fall. The fall. I uh, think, if uh, I was a betting man, and I don't know this because I've never had it either, thankfully, happened to me, but I reckon that Bubba Bomb would have hurt more than that Centon Bomb did, because he landed it yeah. so cleanly. Yeah, it probably does. It's, it's just a culmination of but, yeah. everything. But also, falling from that height... It's because effectively that's what you're doing. Yes, well, you're landing yeah. flat on your back, but it How's is. How do you learn to fall, as JR yeah. said? Well, like they do because they're professional wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. It's part of the training. But it's, I don't know, the end just wound me up because I just thought, okay, they needed, it was perfect for the storyline. It was perfect yeah. for the rest of everything else that happened. Mm-hmm. But you, I just got annoyed because Matt's out there going, no, no, well, you fucking left him in there, you idiot. Yeah. So. And we see this Bubba, is stupid. Bubba crawl over, put the arm over, one, two, three, the Dudleys are the unified tag team title holders. Um, again, I didn't like, I thought a lot of it was dumb. The match was great. Really yeah, good match. I, yeah, I really well did. Done to Apart all, from the end, annoyed me, but yeah, the match well itself, good. Then. But Matt's dumb moment, Jeff's dumb moment, how much sympathy can you have for a bunch of idiots? Like, if it's if you continue to be dumb mm. and you're not learning the lesson, then I need to learn the lesson to care less about you. Because it just seemed dumb. Yeah. The dumbest part of the entire match, I thought, was actually after it finished. Yeah. Is when they were trying to get Jeff out to lift the, lift the cage. You don't need the cage oh, anymore. I know. And, like, these medical experts ENTs. are getting mangled like yeah. cat turds trying also, to come out of the ring. I, oh, I just I always bring it back to this. Obviously, he was all right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But having been, I haven't fell from this, but having been someone where they thought there was a serious neck injury, the first thing they said was, do not do touch not, her. Yeah. Do not touch, do not touch. Until I was like, I'm fine, like I can move my arms and legs. I'm fucking all over him. So thank God there was nothing wrong with him because they've jiggled him around so much. That they, well, then they had to like, get him sit a, up to yeah, push him under the rope, hit and his then, head on the cage and, and stuff. And then put him on a stretcher. Yeah, Mate, done. just make him walk now because you've already bashed him around more than he had in the cage. So it ends on two very, or sorry, it's bookended by two very dumb things. Yes. The fact it was not tornado rules and the fact that they just didn't do anything yeah. right in terms of the post-medical care after the oh, match itself. But ended. yeah, like you say, lift the cage. Yeah. You've got to lift it lift up the for the next That's match anyway. I mean. Why would you, sorry, does that take another 30 seconds? Go to a cutaway... Oh, there were two, enough of that. They were too busy, you know, pausing the Scotty Too Hotty bit that bloody came next. Right, okay, so I'm glad uh, <laughs> I'm glad you uh, mentioned that. Are you impressed I knew who he was? Yeah, well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's my but namesake. I obviously know who he is. Yeah. yeah. So we got, before, just before that, though, yes. we go to the WWE New York oh, at Times yeah. Square. Mick Foley. Um, I got Fredo here. Yeah, fair. Sorry. That's, no, that's, that's it's because fine. I knew it was coming. I knew there was a segue coming, and yeah. I thought the last one was about 10 minutes long. Yeah, fair. Yeah. So I got a drink and I got a Prosecco. Uh, Fredo. A, a Prosecco. I, I got a Prosecco mixed a, with a Fredo. Prosecco. A Prosecco. Prosecco. That is great. That's a combination. That's that, a t shirt. Oh, really Way is. to happen there, isn't it? Prosecco. Get the Prosecco. Way to my heart. Yeah, Devon, get the Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I yes. mean, as much as I like, like JR, mm-hmm. this is his dumb line of the night for me. Why are you there, Mick? Because he's fucking told to be there, Jim. You well, daft. That's what he bloody said. Yeah, 
It literally goes. He's like, well, I've been told to come here. Yeah, so I put, well, I got angry first. I put, because Vince told him to. Mm -hmm. Second thing I put was, oh, Mick actually said that. Good. Like, obviously, I mean, it's just dumb. That was pretty much my entire takeaway from it. Because Mick, I felt like I was trying to, as much as I do like a Mick Foley promo, and I was giving him a lot of credit on the ECW show, this was so irrelevant. This didn't need to be on here at all. It was just another time filler. Yeah, it was, but not. it didn't have any merit to the overall proceeding the show is to show oh the WWF commissioner wants WWF to win because that's where he's yeah. been paid and I've got a few choice words for Vince McMahon okay like I love you Mick but it just didn't it was a bit pointless and to be fair I just I, I felt like his heart wasn't in it no which uh, fair enough it, nor should it have been to be fair it was, it was a waste of what they could have done with him I guess and then we have a lovely segue into Scotty Too Hotty yep. with his you know less voluminous hair yeah shall we say which I, I didn't like the look after his tall hair went. I significantly cared less about oh. him for whatever reason, <laughs> which is sad because that was one of the nicknames that I used to get at school. Oh, uh, right. Everyone, like, wrestling yeah. men. My name's Scott. It's probably too high. Of course. Boring. But we see uh, the bigger uh, Canadian boot yep. walk into the shot. And we say, all know what's coming. Hey, Scotty, yeah. you're in that uh, immunity battle royal later, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, what's it to you? Starts to walk oh. off. Test lays down well, I say he lays a beating down he gets him to the floor and yeah. then starts pumping a tyre <laughs> because you don't hear oh, no. like, that's yeah. me hitting my own hand just in case yeah. anyone gets any ideas it was yeah you're right actually. so what's he doing like, yeah, it's hey, a bit weird very odd it's funny and then this comes on to my next point with this in general and we see it all the time when people jump other people mm-hmm. and then get rewarded for doing so by getting True, their spot actually, in the... because... where's the punishment where who is saying yeah sure you can take that spot yeah I know not? the WWF commissioner was in New York as we just learned yeah but that's a valid point actually I never think about those things because I just because I just I think don't. okay well yeah but, you did that we need a replacement it's not you yeah it's anyone because, but you because then what's the incentive for yeah. anyone who wants to be in it just going right I'm going to start laying out yeah that's a very good point always a little and again we know we know the we deal know, with wrestling as you would say we know behind the curtain but Let's keep some things believable. Uh, exactly. No, I do agree. Like what? There's no other line of work or business Mm-mm. sport that this would happen in. But anyway, so I put shouldn't re- I be agree. rewarded. That was the end yeah. takeaway from that. Now we move on to said immunity battle. Royal. Yes, we do. Or battle royal of irrelevant people, <laughs> as I considered it. Do you know what? I sat and all I wanted to do was see if I could name as many people as as I possibly could. How many, if you got beyond seven, I'll be impressed. Uh, one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Love that. Love uh, the fact I got the number. Eight. Oh, okay. Um, no, I didn't. Nine. Jesus. Um, oh, there's a couple. There's a couple in there, but as they were walking down down the ramp, yeah. Others came later on. Like others, I went. Oh, it's him because it didn't focus on them on the ramp. Yeah. Um, DPD. 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 Delivery. It doesn't even say DPD in here. It says DDP. Yeah. Clearly, I'm thinking about I want my shopping. To be a delivery man, huh? <laughs> Clearly, I'm <laughs> thinking about my shopping. That's Have you coming. Got an order coming later. Of course. Of course you do. Um, yeah, Diamond Dallas Page, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Raven. Raven was yeah. there. <laughs> I put. Is <laughs> it Raven so or is it Thin Balls Mahoney? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I knew. I put, as soon as I said that, it did make me laugh. Literally, um, that's my first comment. I saw him and I was like, Oh, it's him! It's him! And then I got confused with him and maven 
very different people. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But I was like, oh, it's fucking names are too similar. We know what I'm like with yeah. names, clearly. There's a Matt Taven as well in oh, uh, Ring of Honor. Jesus. But I won't um, you that. The Hurricane, obviously, which spot, yeah. every time we do a Royal Rumble watch, he's always my surprise, surprise entrant. Yeah. Because nine times out of ten, he's always there. But what point does it become not a surprise? Well, yep, that's a valid point. Lance <laughs> uh, Storm. Yep. I was impressed, I know. Crash Holly. Yes, he was there, dead. Obviously the APA. Yeah, APA. Um, Albert. Albert, yeah. And then later on I list um, Chuck and Billy. Yeah, Billy yeah. and Chuck. Obviously that's... You look so good to me. That's scissors, the, uh, scissors man, isn't scissors it? Scissors man, yeah. Scissor me daddy ass. Um, um, let me th- I don't think... Oh, Taz was obviously well, there. Because, well, well, Taz because Paul Heyman didn't shut up about Taz the whole time this was brilliant so Taz kind of comes down after they've all started throwing punches at each other so yeah why is Taz here so many people have no importance I think is the the takeaway (laughs) I mean yeah I suppose it was the rest of the locker room needed something to do basically Um, and like you said Heyman played his bit brilliantly well with Taz in general Um, so Taz was kicked out of the alliance basically so Taz obviously big ECW guy Mm -hmm. Uh, former ECW world champion, joined the Alliance when all this started. He was the first one to go, like, what the fuck's going on with Stone Cold? Right. He challenged it, and they're like, you're out. Oh, okay. So that's why he was against Paul Heyman and vice versa. He came out to the match slightly after it started, at which point in my head I started hearing the Oompa Loompa music, but I think Taz was a little bit late because he had the night shift at the Chocolate Factory that evening. Oh, my God. Um, he, He looked... Slightly more intimidating than he did at One Night Stand. Yeah. He can still choke a bitch out without an issue. Mm-hmm. But I just, since his ECW days, where he was genuine against the Rhino thing. Right. Me, knowing how genuinely fearsome they are. And I'm not saying they're mm-hmm. not tough people in, in real life, but they just seem like such a joke. And the right. way that WWE treated Taz, mm. specifically, well, I mean, like I said, I've mentioned the 2001 Royal Rumble before. From entering having his first WWF match at the 2000 Royal Rumble with Kurt Angle where he looked amazing mm. to a year later running into the ring being sat on the top turnbuckle like a naughty child in timeout by Kane and being slapped over the top rope in four seconds oh. shows how quickly he fell off the map I see not his fault necessarily no, but... it's the way he was used but I can't take the, a lot of the WWF Taz stuff seriously as a result right. and it's a shame so as you said, Paul Heyman kicks off. Mm-hmm. He's going, what's that guy doing here? And JR played off this beautifully. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll tell you what I'd do. He said, I'd go out there and throw him out myself if I was you. I'd take off my hat, <laughs> yeah. flash him my bald head, shock him with it, and then eliminate him. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Very good. Very, very good very stuff good, by JR. Yeah. They, they worked really well together. And this, was a, this match in particular was a real highlight mm-hmm. for me. So, some of the eliminations, there are some that happen quite quick. Right, the very first one... Sean Stasiak was immediate. Well, this is the thing that, if I was pernickety, I'd call out. Um, he was thrown over the top rope before the match even began, so... Before the bell went. To me, he should be getting back in there. He wasn't eliminated, bell didn't go. That is an excellent, salient point you've made there. Thank you. I didn't even notice that. So the yep. real winner of the Battle Royal is Sean Stasiak. Yes, because I saw he went over and they were like, oh, he's the first elimination, ding, ding, ding. Yep. No, he's not, because the bell's just rung now. Yep. So you, it was irrelevant. Do you know what he was called in WWF? So he was... I a, didn't even know who he was. Right, okay. So he was a WCW guy, hmm. um, came to WWF and I think went back to WCW. But either way, the time he was in the WWF, his name, hmm. and I'm not joking, Meat. Oh. Because he okay. was 
brought in as eye candy by two, I think it was like Terry Runnels and someone else. Oh, right, yeah. He was their meat. Jesus Christ. Was the gist of it. No charisma to put it off. But with Sean Stasiak, his dad, I want to say it's Stan Stasiak, was a former WWF champion and he took the title off Bruno Sammartino in the 70s. So the, the oh, linear okay. WWE, what is now the WWE title. Yeah. Bruno San Martino, you might have heard the name. Oh, yeah, I have heard that name. He had like a seven-year, eight-year run with the title. So wow. Pales Roman Reigns in comparison. So, but God, I hope we don't have that to look forward to. But Jesus. one of the... I don't know if there's any of it on the network as a full show, mm. but be interesting to just get your take on it anyway, because it's, like I said, it's a nice timepiece from the era, but Stan Stasiak was the man who took it off Bruno San Martino, so his dad had oh, a okay. bit of background about someone that you will yeah. never think about again. No. But I didn't realise he'd gone out before the bell. Yeah, he did. If, yeah, still... if you see that, he literally goes flying and then they ring the bell. Been. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. He should still Stupid. be in it, 100%. He should still have a job to this day, in I fact. I believe so. I wonder if there's a, a court case to be had here. Small well, claims. because the person that did want it, win it, obviously... Cheated. Know. Shouldn't have been in there in see? the first place. See? It's all coming up. It all makes sense. But we got... Some of the early eliminations surprised me. Like, Farouk went pretty early. Very early. And <laughs> as he landed... I genuinely waited for him to go damn like that the camera paused for us like oh no this is before the ron yeah. simmons damn era okay fine yeah and i put so ddp was one of the few i put a comment on yes i said he looks like a cult leader with that yeah. smile just it's unsettling it's yeah. creepy and but his, it is his like signature pose isn't it the in side WWE, on smile yes yeah, i think positive thinking yeah. and stuff and what he's done outside of wrestling oh, amazing. Since then is amazing work amazing work but and he was massively underutilised, to be fair, right. by the WWF, because he was one of the big WCW guys. He never oh, okay. joined the, the NWO. I don't know if you're familiar with the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. He never joined that group. He was always fighting on WCW's behalf mm-hmm. to, to help against this oncoming surge of the NWO. But when he went to WWF as part of the uh, invasion and stuff, they had him stalking Undertaker's wife. God, that's creepy. Yeah. So... and Why? then they, Just... I don't know. Just cause... And then, because they had a reveal where he had like a, you know, like how Edge had the motorcycle helmet on, then yes. he took it off for the reveal. DDP did something similar where he took off the head, and it was him standing in the uh, the middle of the ring, and no one really cared if I'm being honest. Okay. But the problem is, his Undertaker killed him in that feud immediately. Oh right, so yeah. So took him out well, as yeah, a threat. Because, yeah, two of them, you would, yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. So and then immediately he's worth nothing then. Oh, at this point. I see. So again, but his stint in that match, he should have been for me longer. Not only should he have been in there longer. Mm-hmm. he should have been if it was all done right even if they just had the people at their disposal they did he should have been in that 5-on-5 five five match Yeah, he was that important to WCW oh, okay. there's no way he shouldn't have been in that match it did really surprise me actually that he was out as quick as he was um, yeah because well I then made a comment about the fact that Chuck then got knocked out and, and as I want to call him DPD again DDP stood up literally to leave because he'd already been knocked out Plumber Chuck absolutely one. smacks him in the face with his feet, and yeah. you just see him absolutely hit the deck. Yeah, as like, you would. Oh dear. I mean, Palombo's <laughs> a big man. He's like six yeah. five, six six. He's yeah. not a small, small unit himself. Yeah, but it did make me chuckle. I was like, oh my god, this is chaos. And I put speaking of names that aren't befitting and relevant to WWF in general, uh, we see Hugh Morris come out, and we see Chavo Guerrero. Who oh, those obviously. two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Hugh Morris. Who the was, hell was the other guy? I know Chavo. So Hugh, Hugh Morris is, is. Oh, I could talk about him for ages. To be fair, but he worked in WCW under several names, including once General. Oh no, it was I don't know if it was him that had this name, but he was in a group, and one of the guys in the group was called General Erection. 
Jesus Christ. And I think, well, I thought for some reason it was him, but he was hu- humorous because he's humorous. Uh, awful. Oh, okay. Awful. Right. But eventually, he, I think he trained people in WCW, but became a trainer for WWE as well. And he did it for quite a long time, but then a lot of allegations started coming out of being a bully. Oh, effectively right. okay. mistreating people. I don't think there's any necessarily sexual misconduct or mm-hmm. anything like that, but effectively an absolute bully. Because he's from a different era, you know, the, the way times have changed, you've got to adapt to it. And he just wouldn't. He was stuck in his ways and has kind of been blacklisted, but he's just gone completely now. So that was a little bit of background on him. So him and Chavo, I think, were, weren't picked up by the Alliance for whatever reason. They just came in and just made a nuisance themselves. But they were tossed out pretty quickly, yep. with Chavo being yeeted over the top rope onto Hugh Morris at one okay. point. Okay. I've got so I've got I can't remember who it was and I wish I'd written it down but Bradshaw at one point literally propels a guy over like holds him and then yeah. throws him over the top yeah. rope and I was like oh it's nice that yeah, oh but you actually liked the yeah I thought it was good I oh, thought it was okay, a good enough. like display of athleticism really I thought it was yeah. quite cool yeah well I mean he had to have something at that point him, I liked him oh I didn't dislike him at this point doing yeah yeah no that's fine I, I'd agree with you there um who the hell is Stephen Richards <laughs> So Steve, right. because he also has a normal name. Yeah, so it's like John from Accounts, like <laughs> accounts. Stephen. Richards. He wasn't in that match, John from Accounts. Actually, <laughs> no, was it? Not... Paul from HR. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Though yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, who can help me do that at work? Oh yeah, that's Stephen Richards. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Chris Smith. That's not a wrestling name. Was, um, I mean, I say in. that like Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, they're normal names too. Hardy, but right. Stephen Richards. Yeah. Like... So Stevie Richards is what I more often know him as right. he did stints in I think he was actually as well in WCW for a bit but mainly started off getting notoriety in ECW mm. they formed a mock stable of the so the NWO was big in WCW they created the Blue World Order in ECW okay. which was him a guy called Supernova okay. and the Blue Meanie who I touched upon oh, about JBL yeah, yeah. kicking the shit out of him and they all portrayed one of the guys in that group Stevie Richards got to have a main event match in uh, for the title in ECW I think he like I said briefly went to WCW and ended up in WWE where he didn't really do anything mm. if truth be told he was in the right to censor group oh god yeah with Ivory and he all was, that and yeah, Val Venus uh, the good father not the godfather uh, but yes there was Val Venus in there as yeah, well yeah, right? yeah Val Venus cool. yeah uh, former porn star obviously um, but yeah <laughs> Stephen Richards was one oh, of the group okay, in the right censor and this this was after that era so he was still in right censor right censor were definitely still going up to Mania, because right. I'm sure Ivory was still representing them when she had the match with China at WrestleMania 17, because okay. we watched that show a long time ago, not for yeah. the purpose of this podcast, no. um, and so that they must have still been actively a thing then, so this was the same year after that, and they just didn't have anything to do with him, so we put him in the black here, okay. and this was the the end result of it. Oh, okay. Um yeah, he lo- he lasted way longer than he should have as well. Yeah, no, there was a, just, obviously there was a lot of people in there that I was just like, who the feck are these people? Don't know them, but I was it was fine. It was it was a filler. It was interesting for me to just watch who goes out where. But my one take on it was there was too many black clothing for me. I'm glad you said clothing because that could have gone down very. No, no, it but... was the only person that I could pinpoint out was Billy Gunn. I think the issue there is because when, like I said, I've made light of it, but the fact that so many of them are relatively irrelevant. Yeah, they don't have like gear and stuff, pro- proper for gear. For someone like you, who's They're coming into wearing... this... Yeah, I'm not going to know who they are. No, like, I'm trying to think of people that didn't have black gear. So, like, uh, Hurricane, obviously, he's I knew, very yeah, he was... Uh Perry Saturn, who, without facial hair, throws me off massively. Yes. But he didn't, didn't know it was him until he got eliminated, I'll be honest. Effectively, same yeah. here. 
But yeah, I completely get that point. Yeah. And there's a lot to go, especially when you're trying to take notes without re-watching it, it several was, times. Yeah, I was just like, no, this is a one, a one-shot wonder type thing. Yeah. But it got to Billy Gunn. I was like, yeah, I keep looking. I can only look at him because he's the only person in there now mm-hmm. that's not wearing either black trousers, black shorts, or like he was wearing a colour, and yeah. everyone else was very like muted tones. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. no, that's fair, fair analysis. I liked. Um, the bit where Taz actually got eliminated, where he just starts shouting over the top row, going, hey, you loudmouth piece of shit, why don't you come over here? And then it's the moment he gets thrown over, Heyman starts laughing, and then Taz immediately turns to go for him, and Heyman hides, and Jay was like, well, you sit down, you've just you sold yourself, damn my shirt. That was really, really really well done. That was funny. Very much enjoyed that. That was the highlight of the match for me, if I'm being honest. So we boil down, we get to the final four. I noticed that Bradshaw's getting cheered is strange, and that'll be a rarity in yeah. stuff that we watch, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, for fine sure. then. Final four, speaking of the man, Bradshaw, Lance Storm, Billy Gunn, and Test. The Jezebel, as Jezebel. he is called many, many times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was what um, JR was calling... Uh, because everyone Heyman. that's like bad as well, like a bad just, woman, a Jezebel. Everyone is just a Jezebel that's bad. Yeah, because there's later JR, on where everyone he Paul says Heyman it goes, so many. Jezebel, yeah. a Jezebel. It's oh, so calm funny. down, you woman. Like, I just again. love that description. It's yeah, so funny. Very good. Jezebel. So Bradshaw and Storm kind of manage mm-hmm. to eliminate themselves, fall over the top rope. Yeah. No one cares. And then Tess boots Billy Gull into next week. Mm-hmm. Tess wins the immunity battle royal. His job is safe. Should have been in the match. No. The real winner, as we've learned, Sean Stasiak. So congratulations, Sean, Sean Stasiak, on the win. Someone tell him. Someone has he's to still, tell him. He's still employed. He's, he's still alive somewhere as well. So yeah, reach out to him. I assume he is. I mean, Holly looked very concerned there. I but don't know. I don't know. No, I think he is. I'm pretty okay, sure he's, he's still still ticking along. Good. And we go to backstage moment number 58 of the show. We see uh, Booker T and Shane McMahon basically just a microcosm of what we saw earlier. Oh, we don't really need to go into too much detail on it. need it anymore. Just challenging Stone Cold's loyalty. Yeah. Shane's like, no, I trust him. Snore. And they're like, okay, I hope you're right. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. At least it was short. That's Thank the only takeaway from that one. Okay, so we move yeah. into the WWF women's title match. Six-pack challenge, I think they call it. Yes. We've got Trish Stratus. Yep. Jacqueline. Yep. Lita. Yep. Ivory. Yep. Mighty Molly, who I just can't help but like. Yeah. Like Mighty Molly. And then the surprise entrant for the match. Jazz. Jazz. Yeah. I mean, let's just be grateful her name wasn't like classical music because they came out <laughs> to jazz music, which was just weird. That's, yeah, no. What should they have done? Like put called a gangster rap and have her come out to Tupac or something. Yes. It's just No imagination. So she's really. an ECW alumni. She had a lot of success. Okay. Um I mean they didn't really have a women's division really to speak of. Right. But she would often compete with the blokes as well and oh, do pretty okay. well she's a tough tough she's woman built she is built she is built and she's i mean they're all are to be fair but she tough was as, yeah tough as a two dollar steak i said your hip just cracked yeah my hip to just crack sorry okay. <laughs> the time the small little ow, yeah just, I heard, just to be clear because yeah, i think i needed to clarify popped. that i didn't like reach sorry. over and smack her or anything like that no. um well, i don't think i did anyway this time. <laughs> i'm old my hip popped well fine so we go into the the match itself mm. i liked how it started with jazz like not wasting time like oh there's li- I'm just going to rugby tackle you yeah. and drive you into oblivion good start I thought this match would, like don't get me wrong I've seen it a few times mm. Rewatching it now because it's been years since I've seen it in my head I remember it as just crap absolute crap yeah. and it wasn't crap it wasn't great 
but it was far less um, yeah. spotty than like so spoiler alert we well not spoiler alert but we watched a little bit of crown jewel yes, just now we did. and there was as many crappy moments in that women's five as there was in this women's <laughs> yeah, fair play yeah which so i thought that probably fair means play. that it's not as bad as i thought it no. was but what were your what were your points on this one um I well, I made a point about Lita looking phenomenal. Yep, um, uh, Molly Holly. I didn't put Mighty Molly. She is Molly Holly to me. <laughs> but she's hurricane psychic. I think you'd be all about that. I honestly, she can do no wrong. She's lovely. She's just she's lovely. Just so nice. Sweetheart, good girlfriend material. Very similar to um, in a previous time, a comment I made about Heath Slater. Yep. Just happy to be there. Looks happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Just nice. She was originally in WCW, um, Eye Candy. I can't remember. Was it, it wasn't Gorgeous George. I feel like it, her name was something like that. And she was literally just one of the Macho Man Randy Savage's women. Oh, right. So the fact that she went from that yeah. to doing this kind of stuff in fairly short nice. turnaround time, good for her. And like I said, just an absolute sweetheart of a lady yeah. by, by all accounts. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't actually make that many notes on this match because it was all a bit all over the shop for me to be fair it kind of has to be in the, in yeah, the nature of it because there's so many there's so many of them um, I didn't like the I called them a teddy bear roll but the pins where they're like oh it's you okay. oh it's Your me turn. oh it's you teddy bear roll what yeah like that? a teddy bear roll is when you sit on the floor back to back with someone with your legs like in a straddle so a V oh, and then, you, go and then and... you roll around them oh okay uh, and I just that just went on for too long for me no, I, I think I'll need um evidence of this later so before you, you head off i think you'll need to show a teddy bear roll so i can get a full understanding of what that that entails um and i liked Lita's version of uh, poetry in motion yes and this is one of my comments i put jackie faking or jacqueline sorry faking her out for the second one. yes that's very good take, i was like nice very good nice yeah like touch. do the first one nice yeah. second oh, one bang. you're my friend yeah. bang have no that. i really liked that and i thought yep. that was very good um and she hit a very nice moonsault for me in this one yeah always makes me a little bit nervous because sometimes she goes further Over backwards than she does up mm-hmm. this was lovely she kind of rockets herself at them rather than arcs, yeah. doesn't she and i feel like with lisa and it's probably doing her a disservice that i feel like she messes up as many as she lands well so it's nice to see that yeah, it just looked. It was it one was on that point. just looked good. Yeah. Um, I've put Jazz getting caught messy on the ropes. Yeah. Okay, that's one of my points. I've got okay. Here. So Trish goes to low bridge the rope. So she grabs the rope to pull it down. But mm. obviously, bearing in mind that one Trish isn't necessarily strong enough to pull the rope down as Jazz far as she needs. the pocket needed. rocket, right? Yeah, Jazz is little, but she has to then go out the ropes, yeah. and it's just a combination of things. So she kind of got it, mangled in it, and then falls to the floor. Yeah, so it, it was just bad. a bit. It didn't look. Yeah. But this is right towards the tail end of the match. It was a, a short encounter. Yeah, exactly. Trish hits the Stratisfaction on Ivory. Yeah. One, two, three. Trish wins her first ever WWF Women's title. I was going to say, Trish wasn't big at this point, was she? Like This was her breakout match. Cool. Nice. Because I did think that was the case. Because also her music bam, bam, wasn't bam, bam. the music yeah. we know. Yeah. And there wasn't like the crowd pop. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this was pre-her was. actually being massive. Yeah. Because um, she came in, I think it was, I don't know if it was 99, definitely. Oh, it must have been 99, because I think she was around early 2000. Um, she managed Test and Albert, the team creatively titled TNA. Um, so okay. that was her introduction. She They had a, a feud that I remember where it was, they were feuding, so Test and Albert were feuding with the Dudley boys, mm. and Bubba Ray was besotted with Trish. Right. And she kept like sending videos, like they were 
little segues of her doing videos where she was like in lingerie oh, polishing tables yeah. and stuff like that going oh just getting it all it makes me all excited and, stuff. <laughs> and Barbara would go wide-eyed and just do this blank stare into right okay into the vacuum of nothingness so he would do that and this was the point where Bob had a thing of putting women through table oh okay so he did it on quite a few people he did it on do you remember may young and fabulous moolah yeah he put both of them through a table Jesus. and he did it on may young going off the stage to the floor through a table and Bloody when may young was well in her 70s at the time if not older um because she's a fucking absolute battle axe of a woman fair fucks <laughs> to her but and they were kind of suggesting that barbara ray was getting satisfaction out of doing this with like a sexual he was getting off right getting okay jollies. um and eventually it culminated with him putting Trish through a table after oh. she tried to, she made out with him basically oh, but he okay. still then put her through a Jesus. table so this was after that phase where she was because she was diligently training in the in the background at the time right I think Fit Finley had moved to oh, a, a okay. trainer before he had his in-ring stint in WWF and he was training the women and Trish would work out exclusively with the men to learn how to do oh, okay. it properly effectively fair, which i think was fair, facts, yeah. fair credit to her she was a fan like she wasn't yeah. one of the people that was brought off the street because she looked good yes. she did look good yeah. she was a fitness model yes she but was, she was yeah. a wrestling fan right so okay. and i think that makes sense showed its value yeah it did for sure um but yeah so that's this was trish's outcoming as it were right so again there was a little comment from jr oh oh i might know what this is is she coming in the back door? There it is. <laughs> there it is. So See, JR I do says, sometimes. Yeah, JR turns home and said, Trish sneaking in the back door, which I'm sure you wouldn't mind. Yes. And I looked at my missus and she went, he probably wouldn't. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, each to their own, whatever yeah. works. But again, a nice little misogynistic line, which was absolutely yes. fine at the time. So we're just moments uh, away from the main uh, event. Yeah. Vince McMahon. I really struggled paying attention in this whole segment. The man with the largest grapefruits. <laughs> rallying the troops. <laughs> rallying his men. It literally was like he was... I've written, uh, is he sending them off to war? That's effectively the so, what they're going yeah. for, the imagery they're going for there. Uh, the Rock made me feel motion sick. Oh my God, thank God you said this. Stop bouncing. Because I couldn't concentrate on anything else that was going because he was just jumping up and down in yeah. the, side of, like, the side of the screen. Got a sweat on. And I was just like... Oh, I'm, I'm exhausted because my eyes can't stop going up and down. Fully lubricated was that man oh, it was by the so time annoying. that. And I reckon I think this was a little gag by Vince dragging this out to see how long of, he could carry yeah, on jumping for. Fair place, the mean, rock. He did amazing. not stop bouncing at any point in this. It, oh, I just it was it was like a tension drawing. So I have I couldn't tell you any of the words that Vince said mainly because I wasn't listening. But also because he was doing that, I'm just like, I cannot concentrate on two, these two things at once. That's fine. So the summary of it was he was saying, the fans won't forgive you. Right. I won't forgive you. You need to go out and do it for them. Without them, you're nothing. Okay. Go out and prove it. And they said, think about all the greats that have gone before you. And then started listening oh, dead people. Okay. Something like Gorilla Monsoon. Mm-hmm. Went over to the Rock. High Chief, Peter Maivere, Rock's granddad. Yeah. So he was trying to instill that. And you're right. It was like the imagery of going to war. It really was, yeah. Um, Undertaker, halfway between a biker and a gimp. I'm not entirely sure what the, the issue is there, but I hate American Badass. Do you? I know you like the Limp Biscuit song. That yeah, he comes literally out to. my first note I, I of this whole entire match. I knew that was coming. Yeah. But I just, I prefer ah, the Dead Man. Okay, fuck, yeah. And I get couldn't it. take him seriously because he, I don't know, it's the it's the drawl in his voice. 
Yeah. I guess it kind of works, but it doesn't at the same time. Um, we get it. You like bikes, okay? Right. Okay. Let's, we don't need to base a character around this. <sighs> then we go to Shane McMahon and Team Alliance, marching to the ring. And now this I'm is the point man. I really want to touch upon. Yeah. Shane McMahon should not be in this match. Should he be in any? He's had a couple that I don't mind. I don't mind the ones where he falls from like 50 foot in the air. Or the one where he does his knees in and then oh. has to get Snoop Dogg to elbow drop the Miz. God, that was awful. That was horrendous. Oh. Yeah, that was really uncomfortable. Honestly. But back on this. Yes, no, he, he should, should not. not be involved no. in this. And if you look at even. This is what I'm trying to tie up with my comment earlier. If you look at the people that they had on roster that they could have used, even look at the WWE team. Big Show started off in WCW as the Giant. Mm-hmm. He was marketed as Andre the Giant's son. Make him a WCW oh, okay. guy. Take Shane out. Put a big guy in their team. Balance yeah, because to me it was very, very big, heavy. Yeah. On one side, apart Kurt, from one person, yeah. Kurt Angle. W. I know that they used him for a very specific role, which we'll touch upon later. Yeah. Take him out of there. Put Chris Jericho in that team. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho did ECW. Did WCW? Had a really Would long make more sense. There. You can still do the turn. Have Jericho turn. Yeah. Have, it doesn't. You could do it with someone else. Like I said, take put DDP in there. You've got enough people. Yeah. I'm fine with RVD. I'm fine with. Books. Yes. I don't even mind Stone Cold because he has a history with the other mm-hmm. the other companies, despite how big he made it in WWF. But all that, even though it wouldn't have been as good as if they had the likes of Ric Flair, Goldberg, Sting, right? They still could have made it better than it was, yes. and they didn't. Yeah, Shaman Man just does not need to be there. But the thing is, it's an ego thing for Vince McMahon. He's looking at it, going, "Well, I can't portray my guys as being lesser." You can. Because at the end of the day, if you're not going to come out victorious... It doesn't matter, does it? doesn't matter. No. And actually, then they'll just come out as being the underdog, so it's actually, if anything, it's probably better. No one wants to see a one-sided flogging. No. It's just that there's no entertainment to be had there. That's what I mean. It's just... There's a lot of issues with it. And like I said, in hindsight, it's clearer to see. Yes. At the time, I didn't care as much. You would have just taken it for what it was. Exactly. Exactly. But that was a big sticking point for me. I think it's a sticking point for a lot of people that are aware and have seen this show. Yeah, of course. So we'll go on to the match itself. How did you feel about the shots of the locker rooms to see gauge their reaction about things that were happening? Um, unnecessary. For okay. Me. Mainly because all all I'm doing is looking for people I know. <laughs> yeah, fine. And then all I focused on was when it showed the WWF locker room was the fact that Bradshaw had no shoes on, and it really upset me. And I, I wished I hadn't. That. I wished I hadn't noticed oh. it. It's the first thing I saw. Everyone sat there in all their gear, and then he sat there with his feet out, and I was just like, "Oh, I wish I hadn't seen that because now it's all I can look at." Because I was, I do what you do. I have a little scan around, see yeah. where people are sitting. Yeah. But the issue that I have is that the quality of the people in shot, yes, is significantly hampered. Yes. Because they're not high quality people. Nope. That sounds sounds awful. No, I know what you I mean, you know but what you've I mean. got your especially in the. The Alliance, Alliance. That was the locker one room. There was a couple that were stood right next to Stephanie McMahon, and I was like, "Who the fuck are you?" Like some, I think it's the guy that maybe was eliminated from Sean Stasiak. That got really tall. Yeah, and I was Spiky like, hair. "I don't know who you are," but yeah. the camera is constantly on you, mm-hmm. and I don't care. Also, I thought it was interesting, even though we see him later on, that Vince wasn't seen in the WWF yes. locker room. He wasn't with his troops, but Stephanie was with so the Alliance. The which general was leads from behind in yeah. the WWF case. I'm sure there could be a apropos saying from the art of war that i could pull out here, yeah but I don't i'm have sure one. but um yeah, yeah so, fair point actually i didn't even clock it i just yeah one of the first like, oh who's that over there who's it's a nice over? idea but because of the personnel involved i don't think it had no. quite the desired effect but credit to him i think it was a, a positive point still 
And this is where I put the note. Jaron and Heyman, they're on point all night. Yes. This match was just a nice amalgamation of everything that had gone before it. Yep. And just really, really good commentary. There's nothing specifically that I can point out and go, that wasn't good. Yeah. Even it's like little things that Paul Heyman do yes, in the evening. So very good. He said, so... D- Despite who wins later, the Alliance will win. Yes. Da, 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 da. The Alliance will win. Yes. Uh, really good. Really yeah, nice little it was touches. Good. What did you think? So we talked about the entrance music. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll let you take. So tell okay. me about Taker's entrance music. What, oh, I what freaking love it. Yeah. It just takes me back to being. Progress? Like, well, no. It, I did <laughs> write that. But it takes me back to being a, just a grunger, like young. Yeah. That was such a tune. I agree. And then obviously he came out on his bike to that as well and I was like mm. oh it, just, it really just took me back it did give me PTSD flashbacks of progress seeing that man dancing appallingly to it we'll, we'll save a little bit of the story on that one for the yes, progress show yes I delve into it but it did give me a little bit of anxiety shall we it's, say? I'll be honest it's taken away from that song a little bit for me but it makes <sighs> me laugh but I just I loved, I just loved that that is probably the era like that era of yeah. him doing that is my main era of watching wrestling okay if that makes sense with the recorded over the back video yeah okay fine fair enough I think the the only entrance song and to be fair if we're going to have to deal with the American Badass as a character I don't mind him having that song that's fine the one I took real umbrage with Stone Cold I hate that version of his song oh okay I want to hear Glass Smash yeah I don't want whatever this is. Yeah, true. Awful. I understand that. It's just not got the same effect. And I guess it's because they're going, oh, well, he's a bad guy. We don't want to get the the pop that he normally gets when he comes out. Just let him have it. True. Um, the other entrance that I love is that era of Jericho. Yeah. With the countdown. Yeah. And absolutely brilliant. Yeah, really good. And that's my, I've put that, that is my first, like, that's my favourite era of Jericho. Yeah, he's like, a very versatile man. He's gone through a lot very of good. metamorphosis over the years. My second to... is, you just made the list. That is up there as well. <laughs> I, th- I don't think there's been... The only era of Jericho I didn't like, and it was absolutely fine. It just mm. wasn't my favourite. It was the suited, monotone, boring thing. It was before he went to the list phase. Oh, uh, okay. He became, do you understand the words that are coming out uh, of my mouth? Yeah. Right? But it's all that level. And I, I get it. But it was just, it yeah, didn't no, offer the same as much. any of his other characters for me. But yeah, I loved YTJ. I'd say one of the most versatile men. Don't get me wrong, he's always playing a version of himself. Yes. Mick Foley, you could argue, is more versatile because he played a succession of yes, very different true. characters. But Chris Jericho is always good at reinventing his yeah. own self. Yeah. So you've got to give him very credit good. there. And I, I did say, despite Stone Cold's tune, the crowd still want to cheer him. Yeah. You can tell, and it's just that it's, with Stone Cold, there's this guttural, manly it's got yeah. a bass in it that yeah. the cheers for a lot of people like The Rock has a bit of both but you can yeah, hear the you can tell it's the blokes cheering for, for Stone, Stone Cold, Cold for it's, sure. and it's, it, it hits different for me really good really good stuff yeah you look at the lineup on paper uh-huh. the five against five yeah WWF have to win obviously they've got three map like just if you think about it just a size for size I know that doesn't count um, yeah. if you look at it it's like a legitimate oh, fight please it's big show ridiculous. seven foot Undertaker, 6'9", 6, 6'10". Six, yeah. Kane, of the same stature. Yeah. Well, they got. I know. I know. It was a bit ridiculous. And obviously... It looked silly with them around the end of the ring. It did. It literally was like, the camera's close here. These are the smaller guys. Yeah. They're further away. They're giants. Yep. Like, it just... And you put RVD in there, who is brilliant. 
and it just looks ridiculous. Even angle. Yeah, it just looked a bit ridiculous to me, and we know I have a problem with not compa- comparable matches. It's, it helps that on the Alliance side, they had, like, Stone Cold transcends, transcends size. Mm. Doesn't matter to me who he's going up against. I always believe that Stone Cold's in with the fight of it. Right. Less so everyone else on that team. Rob Van Dam, great, as you said, but when he's up against the big, big people, yeah, I it lessens it slightly. Yeah. And I've got a specific point on something that happens with him later in the match that I don't like. Oh, yeah, okay. His gear on point oh, again absolutely just going back to the rvd gear he, appreciation i really society. like him i do he's I one, really of, genuinely like one of my favorites i've got his dvd somewhere down there and it's a real treat uh, yeah he's very good and actually him and jericho together was worked a, very well it worked very well and actually it's a match i don't know if they've ever done it but it's something i would have they liked to have seen yeah. at that point not now just to put it out there not now fine but <laughs> that then i would imagine with that they have had feuds probably around the Intercontinental title. I feel like they might mm-hmm. have both been floating around the level. I'm certain they will have had matches. Oh, I'm sure. But not like a high profile. Yeah, I just feel like it, it would have worked. Because yeah, they, even they Jericho is, like is. He's strong, but he's. Again, he, to me, he's an AJ Styles. Like, That's he's exactly not what he is. doing, you know, flips off the top, but he's doing. Well, we do the line the, Exactly. He's just nim- nimble. Nimble yeah. is my word at the minute. And I just... Here they is. And if you're ever looking to read a wrestler's autobiography... Read that one. I would read okay. Jericho's. It's ve- it's, he's got a few of them, but okay. they're engaging enough that you don't have to... I mean, even though you do like wrestling... Yes. It's not the be-all and end-all. Okay. There's just good stuff in there. Um, but yeah, you're right, and it made me appreciate him. And it's going to be sad, even though he's you know, getting up there in years. He's still performing well. Oh, yeah. It will be sad when he's not around, because yes. he's like the last bastion of this yeah, era now. Yeah. Even though he was younger than a lot of the contemporaries yes. at the time. But he was, he was there. high up yeah. then. Literally, if you look younger. at that match, apart from Shane having the odd match, none of the other guys wrestle. Yeah. It's just him. Yeah. Literally all of them yeah. gone. Fair point. It's, um, but yeah, it has a big match feel to it, I yes. feel like. It, whether the quality of the match itself, mm. I don't think is that good. Yeah, no. There's several things that annoy me, but at the time I was able to overlook all of that. So I'm having to try and remember what it was like viewing it through. Yeah, rather than now picking it apart, being older, yeah. it's, it is trying to remember back then. Like, I remember the bit where, I mean, he did it multiple times in all of his matches, but Kane, flat out on the floor. Undertaker does it as well, but sits bolt upright. I remember as being a kid being like, oh my God, yeah. that's amazing. Because you think someone's come back from the dead. But now it's like, well, to me that's no different than I'm asleep, I'm asleep, I'm asleep, I'm awake. But then again, like, there's a real world application for that. I assume you've probably seen the clip, but you won't have seen the fight. Tyson Fury against Deontay uh, Wilder. He literally fucking sat up like The Undertaker. I was like, do you know what? That's giving credence to that. Yeah, yeah. So, it's right. So, Rock and Austin start trading right away. The bell, I don't even think the bell sounds. Rock and Austin throwing punches. Mm -hmm. Rock throwing his. His punches aren't good, but they look mad enough that it works. As soon as Rock started wrestling, I realised. Ah, I really have a problem with John Cena overselling. But here we are with literally the biggest overseller ever to me. The Rock. Okay. Are you able to overlook that at all? Mm-hmm. Because it's him. There you go. That, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. He's got such a natural charisma, and that's not to say Cena does he's an act, he's, I mean, now he's obviously a proper actor. Biggest Hollywood star out there. But then, I, I don't know why it just didn't annoy me. If when someone says to me the it factor... He's got it. 
that's the definition for me, The Rock. Because wrestling-wise, was he the most talented? No. Absolutely not. You could argue he's the best on the microphone at one point, maybe yes. of all time. There's, he's an argument for that, maybe not yeah. a shoo-in. But there's just an undeniable thing that if you could bottle it and sell it, yeah, he'd, you'd be a billionaire. But that's, and obviously that's, that is who they then moulded people to try and be like. And then you have John Cena come along and now you've got people they're trying to mould to be like him and yeah it's i don't know justina is overselling annoys me probably because also i was older at the point of watching cena i was younger watching the rock absolutely i genuinely think that's probably because because we touch upon it later on with rocks overselling of the stone cold stone we talked about this the other day we did actually yeah i was of the belief back then that i i don't know what overselling was back then no i took it as the rock was more affected than anyone it was like to relate it to, I don't know, a game where you've got, if, for example, okay, this is really nerdy, but Pokemon, you've got different elements that are stronger. Oh, you're going to lose um, me here. No, yeah. well, it's just the, it's the okay. concept of it. So you've got a certain element that has a strength against something else. I thought Stone Cold had an undef- undefinable something that made the rock more susceptible Like he was like move. his kryptonite type Basically, of thing. That's, that's what I'm trying to okay. say. That would have been a cooler reference to make, you're right. <laughs> but to me, that's what it was. Yeah. But now you look at it and you're like, oh, you dick. Yeah. Like, you don't. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's too much. But Too so much now. Not it's, yeah. It, it was fine. It was in its own little capsule yeah. in that era. Fine. Right. I put RVD is very over. Okay. He's really over with the fans. He's yeah, getting everyone. cheered. Oh, it does get you behind him as well. It does. It really did. And I was like, oh, I, I just, I really like him. I like everything he does. Yep. But obviously, I see how this is going to go. But I just put, they left it too late to capitalise on it. Because yeah, if you sure. think about it, with the contrast from One Night Stand 2006, that's when they eventually pulled the trigger on it. This is just shy of five years beforehand. Mm-hmm. And you heard the noises he was getting mm-hmm. then. Crazy that they left it so late. I put Shane McMahon is like sand in lube, ruining everyone's experience. Just running in, oh, yes, breaking up a pin. Even the commentators are getting on it. Yeah. And I get that that is pretty much all he can bring to this equation. That's what he was there for, but didn't stop it being any less annoying. Like a wasp at a picnic, or I went yeah. for a different metaphor for mine. But yeah. it's just, it's annoying. I don't want it. Go away. Yeah, that's exactly I was annoyed I that he wasn't eliminated immediately. That's what I was expecting. Yes, I'm annoyed that it took so long to get rid of him it, it took long in general for like any elimination oh. to take place they all kind of took it in turns to get in the ring and yeah. get as it were get their shit in couple points which I well one point specifically I noted was Angle hitting a German suplex on Kane lovely mm. very nice yep impressive he's a big lad but Angle just it did, did look comical them standing next to each other though because it yeah, just well, looked like little and large even though Angle's not actually that little it just no, he's not. I think funny. he's about six foot I think he's round about that mark but again when you're in there with somebody six foot nine you're going to look small Okay, so, right, point of contention. Mm-hmm. Undertaker's move, old school. Which one? Dumb. It's called old school, oh, where he twists the arm, climbs the top rope, oh, walks I across. Oh, I see, that's what that's called. I've put that at least he was showing the big guys can get up to the top rope and stay there through their own free will. As did Kane. Well, he jumped down, he walked along it. And was then... he not holding the guy's hand? Yeah, he was, but he, just pro- it, he didn't do anything much, but it just proved to me that those two were allowed to just do whatever that was. But it's but it didn't really have much impact. I have an issue with Kane doing the top rope clothesline as well, which okay. is a point that I touch on in a minute. But Undertaker doing that is just there's too much cooperation involved. Yeah, true. I mean if you're the guy on the floor you're just pulling your hand out of the way, aren't you? And you're then doing they that fall off. Walking forward. Yeah, true. 
It, it and is it's silly. very rarely countered like that. Sometimes you see someone pull and he comes flying off, but it's too few and far between for me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one, one of those, the dumbest isn't it, natural moves. reaction things as well that we've yeah. talked about before. It's one of the dumbest moves. It's every bit as dumb to me as the Cobra. In fact, the Cobra <laughs> is better because you don't have to climb up or up and balance on someone. Yeah. I really dislike that move. Yeah. Okay. And again, Kane going to the top rope. You mentioned that. He hits the clothesline. He doesn't necessarily do it badly. He hits it yeah. fine, but there's no need to yeah, do it. true. Just do a normal... I think it's as soon as you become like a good guy, you have to do something that's unexpected, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's the secret to the business that we've I've been overlooking here. So we, we kind of go... Oh, I say we go into the first elimination, but Undertaker does it twice. I forgot he went and did old school twice. And I mm. thought, oh, Stone Cold will counter it. He didn't. No. He, did, he just did it twice. I said, is Undertaker Heath Slater's dad? <laughs> what? Genuine question. Why? <laughs> Red hair, tattoos. Stop it. Facial hair, kind of like... Tattoos, what, because you're born with tattoos? <laughs> no, but it's a calling it's in life. Silly. So you don't think he's his dad, no? no? Okay, well, I won't do the paternity test then. That would have been interesting. But <laughs> fine, be like that. We get to the first elimination. Mm-hmm. Big Show finally gets in the match. Mm. Clears house a little bit. Mm. And then gets hit with a succession of finishes. So angle slam, which looked like a real struggle, which it definitely yes, would have been. absolutely. Five-star frog splash. Yes. Was it the scissor kick from Booker T? Like and every... Shane McMahon elbow yeah. drop. Shane pins the Big Show. Honestly ridiculous. Big Show's gone. Yeah. But, fortunately, Shane McMahon is soon to follow. Um, yes. I have a nice little comment here, apparently. Uh, Shane getting drilled, is said in the <laughs> you commentary. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, was that with the tombstone, I imagine? Oh, he's getting drilled. I was like, oh, gosh, okay. On live TV or live pay-per-view, is it? So. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I approved of the rock standing behind him as he's doing his little skippy dance. And then just turn around, rock starts slapping the stupid off him. Yeah. And then it's a succession of finishing moves. Shane McMahon, shortly oh, lived. How how little we needed thee in the contest. Yeah. Um, I think it was Chokeslam by Kane, Tombstone by Taker, and then Lion Salted, Jericho pins Shane. Fine with it. Shane's gone. Good. I so said this is where the action starts to break down a little bit. Mm-hmm. They all start to brawl with each other. But then we see a couple of quick successive eliminations. Yes. So RVD, this is the bit that annoyed me. This is the only bit that RVD annoyed me with. Yeah. It's the jumping, leaping sidekick. Not that that wouldn't hurt no. like shit, but that's not a finisher, and that's Kane yeah. you've hit that on. No, I don't I like the landing on the one leg. That's a break waiting, Ooh, waiting to happen. Okay. Um, Make you nervous. I've, it does. That one, that's that's my Seth Rollins sunset okay. flip from yeah. the really uncomfortable, because I've seen someone's leg break in half doing that, and it was gross. But that, to me, shouldn't have been enough to put Kane no, away. If he did that, not. then when I hit the five-star frog splash, I'll allow it. Yeah. But the kick shouldn't have been enough. So Kane gets eliminated from that. Right. I said WWF don't recover. Taker is pretty much triple teamed before mm-hmm. a stunner. Angle is dragged over the top by Stone Cold. Yeah. Taker's gone as well. Yeah. So we're down to four against two. Not looking good for Team no. WWF. I don't... So I'll, I'll mention it later because it doesn't make sense to enter it at this point. But about Angle working in the team dynamics of the Alliance. Because yeah. when you look at it back... So, no, I will mention it now. We know later on, Angle turns. Angle stops Team Alliance getting what they need yes. to get done. But he also is involved in the elimination of a few people. Mm. Maybe don't do that. Yeah, I know. It did confuse me somewhat. Yeah. 
Like, I gotta it's get not it. consistent with the story. No, I think, but it's only silly in hindsight. As it's happening, you don't think anything of it because you don't necessarily know who's going to be jumping ship, effectively. Yeah. Okay, so The Rock rolls up Booker T in the worst roll-up I've seen in many a year. Yeah. Booker T's shoulders aren't even on the ground. No. But it still counted. He's gone. At the yeah. time, I didn't care. Love I'll, The Rock. I'll be honest, even watching it now, I was like, I really don't care. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Booker How T's gone. Yeah. For as bad as it was, I didn't care. No. You're right. Okay. Oh, just it's so annoys me that sloppiness because the ref shouldn't have counted. No, but he did. So I put that was my stomach. Don't worry about that. Sorry, that was just a weird noise that just happened. It sounded like I just fired. I didn't. It's fine. And that's the story I'm sticking to. No, so the Rock then power bombs RVD from the top rope, which is basically what John Cena did to him mm-hmm. at ECW One Night Stand. RVD jumps up, Rock hooks him, throws him yeah. down for a power bomb. Very nice. And then Y2J hits what? I was surprised by it. That's a skull-crushing finale. I don't remember him ever using that. No. I know he had, like, the, the Lion Tamer, which was the... Yeah. Or, sorry, the Walls of Jericho. Uh, yeah. The Lion Salt. I don't remember him having this. So, did no, it even I have don't... a name? They didn't call it anything, no. so it must have been new. Yeah. I, I... And I don't remember him having it long. But, yeah, he hits that on RVD. RVD's gone. Yeah. Two on two. Lovely. I felt like you were going to jump in there this Well, time. I've got a comment, but I don't really remember. It's after the two-on-two, because two, I've just moved my note that says, now it's two-on-two. Two. And the elbow to the solar plexus okay. is a, just a nice description. It really rolled off the tongue when uh, JR said it. I don't know who it's in relation to, but I've written it down. They've got. He's got a way with words when it's yeah. uh, describing anatomy. Solar plexus. I, I'm pretty sure he's the guy that uh, like. once said uh, he's a bit soggy around the bread basket. <laughs> Which <laughs> yes. I heard once and has stuck with I me love forever. Brilliant. Love but yeah, no, I think that's that's correct um, to be shouted out. And I forgot that The Rock did the sharpshooter. Uh, right. Okay. Right. Oh, heck. Okay. Okay. So this is in the two two against two bit. Yeah. So Austin and uh, Y2J blow a spot quite badly where they kind of, one of them is supposed to reverse running off the ropes. They end up doing this weird hug, have a weird intimate moment where they're not quite sure what they're yeah. doing. And then they have another misstep later where mm-hmm. Austin's supposed to jump from the middle turnbuckle to drop an elbow, realises Jericho's way too far away, so he just gets off yes. the across and starts kicking. Yes, piss out I of saw him. that. Very awkward, very unfortunate. My next comment. Uh, the Rock Sharpshooter is awful. <laughs> awful. It's as bad as Cena's chin support <laughs> yeah, recovery it's so system. Loose as well. He's just holding the ankles. Yeah, it's so loose. And I'm again getting animated. And I was going, oh, it doesn't look particularly comfortable. I said, it's not, it's not, no, no it's pain not in that. Having seen other sharpshooters. Yeah. Doesn't stop angle it's... tapping out like a little bitch. Yeah, I know, that was ridiculous. Oh, Kurt. Kurt, you're better than that. But then again, I guess, in hindsight, you go, oh, okay, yeah, tapping out, so it's two against one. He's done his job, he didn't yeah. have to tap out. So that's the way I'm justifying yeah. that one in my head. Fair Austin, with a bloody mouth, I think that's the third of the night. Oh, I said, Austin looking like me when I eat spaghetti bolognese. Oh, brilliant. That's a quite powerful imagery that you put in my head there. Yeah. I'm a messy eater. Yeah, I just like the idea of spaghetti like wrapped around his ear or something. It's brilliant. I don't know how he, he got that. I didn't see No, anything. I don't either. I think it just, I don't know who fucking knows. But like Matt Hardy's and Regal's from earlier in the night. I remember seeing sense, how they did yeah. it. But this one, I didn't see it. I don't what, know where it came what from. caused it. And then Austin counters a poor roll-up mm-hmm. with an even worse roll-up. Pinning uh, Y2J, Jericho's gone. Yep. What the fuck are they doing? 
Yeah, just... The Booker T one shoulder's not even down. This is just no. awful. But also, by this point in the match, I didn't care. You, you, wanted, you were ready I was, for it to be done. I, I actually was ready for it to be finished. You were ready for it to be done. Yeah, it was a long I match, did. I think it I looked at the time, was a bit it was close to 40 too plus long minutes. For me. Um, Especially with that many... It sounds silly, but with that many people, it just was a bit too much for me. And it sounds weird, because you'd think it would be more gripping, but it just... I think because the match itself was a bit meh. That's I was fine. Just ready for it to be over. That's fine, but I was just a little bit embarrassed for them for how oh, yeah. sloppy that looked. Yeah, because sure. I'm sure they were tired. Oh, yeah. But the only roll-up that I've seen that was worse than that was when Stone Cold legitimately had broken his neck God. against Owen Hart, and he tried to. He still, they still for some reason called That's... that he should win the match. Yeah, and he kind of just drops his dead weight, broken, can't feel anything, body Oof. across Owen Hart for the pin. This was not quite as bad as that, but it wasn't far mm. off. Jericho's gone. Right. Okay. Back to the Rock and Austin. Brawl all over the announce table. They start slapping me. Rock is slapping oh, Austin's yeah. chest meat yes. like you wouldn't believe. He's mm-hmm. like at a deli counter cutting up the pastrami. Mm-hmm. Sounds horrendous. Austin's already bleeding from the mouth. He's not having yeah. a nice time of things. No. And then it quickly devolves from there. So when Jericho leaves, yeah. Jericho has a little bit of a tantrum. Yep. Skull crushing finale yeah. on the rock. Oh god, it can't end like this. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Jericho sees the kick out yep. after he's walking up, comes to run out. I don't think I've ever seen the Undertaker run. This is fair. Ever. He should have come out on his little motorbike again. Well, he'd left it there. It was by the ring the whole time. Why did he do that's outrageous? You it was by it. the ring the whole time. And I literally watched it and went, hang on. Did he have a parking warrant? I- <laughs> <laughs> you got you got fun while he was there. Brilliant. Um, I don't think I've ever actually seen him run, and he did. He did. He oh, ran down the. Didn't stack it, to be it, fair. That's why it makes me nervous when you see people run down runs. Because it's a slope, and it's like yeah. there's no real grip on it. No. I don't think. But yeah, but he did run, and I was like, wow. Got okay. there, interfered with Jericho. Made sense. Like, yep, yeah, Jericho, you need to go back to the locker room. He did. Mm-hmm. And then we come to the conclusion. <sighs> Lots of countered finishing moves. They're hitting each other's finishes as Rock and Austin always yes, do. Yes. Yeah. Kicking out of everything. Mm-hmm. Angle comes in with the WWE title. Heyman's singing his praises like, yes, he's doing it for the Alliance. No. Nope. Stone Cold gets twatted with the title. Yep. Rock bottom. After referee bollocks, the referees uh, start having a pace. The one person out. I did say, I said, I'll be honest, the person that worked the hardest in this match for me was the ref. The WWF one. Yeah. I love the bit when... Um, Austin swears at him. Yeah. And, and he, he swears, swears right back, back at him. <laughs> and I'm like... Yes, that's in. very good. But he just get like ragged around. Is, like Poor Austin's guy. character should have gone, fuck, and then immediately stunned him. Yeah, there shouldn't have been sure. any but a, sure. a funny moment. So yeah, and then yeah, rock bottom. One, two, three. Yeah, WWF victorious, stay in business, mm-hmm. and we get Vincent Kennedy McMahon Ugh. coming to the top of the entrance way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing like a geriatric who's just won bingo at his care centre. Arms up in the air, WWF are victorious. Yeah. That is the end of the show as The Rock celebrates. What did you think? Of the whole match? Or the whole the match? Whole the whole show? Uh, it was okay. Okay. I, if, if it had have stopped before that last match, the I key think match. I'd yeah. have enjoyed it more. It was too long. There was too much, like, the ref stuff was annoying. Yeah. I like, I get it and I see the point in it and I'd much rather that happened than Paul Heyman go in and do the tap on you know do the one two three like he did at i think ecw one we watched but the last one just dragged on a bit for me and i really did lose interest Mm -hmm. and i was like 
we know who wins this. Well, yeah. Obviously. Well, obviously, again, in hindsight, knowing what we know Yeah, now. yeah, of course. Um, the match as a whole, I thought it was all right. I don't know. What would you rate the whole show as? Five. Wow. So the lowest show we've done so yeah, far. Yeah. Purely okay. because, like, I loved the Hardys match, yeah. obviously. Edge and test. But there weren't enough peaks to stop it being too long. You preferred the first half of the card because you enjoyed yes. every match up until... Yes. Okay. For sure. I could have stopped it there and it would have been like a solid eight. Fine. That's that's quite interesting because No Mercy, obviously the show that we just did before this, yeah. did something very similar to me. Yeah. I enjoyed a fair bit of the first stuff and then it just yeah. it went bad. I understood it all. Five out of ten. And I got why harsh, they did but, it. Okay. But it just... My interest was really gone. Yeah. And that's the first one we've watched where my interest really... In a really match or dwindled. A show. Well, both, I guess. Cause it was because it was that last match. Yeah. Okay. It no, just, fair enough. Yeah. Surprised a little bit because I thought the crowd and stuff might yeah, add a I bit mean, more to it for there you. There were other elements no, to it, fine. but I think overall I have to leave it as a mid, mid card. Fair enough for me. Right. Five out of ten. Yeah. So not not a thumbs of approval from Holly that I was it's expecting. It's right. It just wasn't wasn't horrendous. It wasn't brilliant. Because you use five out of ten as like a average. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Me. If it's going on it's like average, a spike yeah. to me, it's bad. Oh no! To me, it's mid. It's mid table. It's all right. So I would. Yeah. I mean, I won't. I think people are more interested in your rating on it, so I don't, I don't feel like <laughs> I, I need to, to give mine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, it was one of my favourites as a kid. I mean, yeah. I had access to it, but yeah. yeah, it was nice to be able to bring that to the table and yeah. give it some some dissection. Brilliant. And we have jabbered on for a long time. This is an this impressive time. one. I think we're going. We've gone over like two hours forty. I mean, I fair play to the people that listen. But it's nice that there's no set time because then you don't feel like you're rushing. You're no. not trying to shoehorn things in or cut things out. No, it was good. But I think uh, it's that time to uh, oh, the end yeah. of the show where we get the the social information Gosh. up so people know if they want to reach out to us how they can do so. Yep. So email uh, wintwicepod at gmail dot com give scott some work to do please not that he doesn't already have enough to do but Thanks. you know Cheers. um some recommendations of what we can watch would go down a treat yeah um instagram win twice pod give us a cheeky follow and give holly some work to do yes that is mine she yes. doesn't already yes but and yeah i'm sure like i said between episodes we'll be putting little teasers up of what the next yeah. one's going to be or outright saying what it's going to be gosh i need to it's my turn isn't it it is your turn to Gosh, play. I need to have a think. We'll work out what we're going to yeah, do. Work out when, when we're going to fit it in the busy schedule. Lovely. Yeah, look forward to it. I've yeah. enjoyed it. Hope you have. Yes. Hope anyone, anyone and everyone listening <laughs> anyone, has enjoyed it as well. one other person that's There's listening. Loads. There's going to be thousands. <laughs> They're going to get on the gravy train late, Holly. I'll, gravy I'll, I'll have train. full confidence in the fact that that will happen. Gosh. But yeah, hope everyone has enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. And hopefully you'll tune in to the next one. Take care. Bye. Bye.